This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Monday through Friday, 5 to 10. KLEQ and KLEQ HD1 El Paso. A town square media station. Adam's Morning Show is back. Man, is this gonna rock or what? That is true. We are back. And welcome to Friday, everybody. And just a few hours until the weekend. Thank you for joining us for this Friday. We've got an action-packed show. Lots of guests coming up today. Yesterday, we had Paul Rodriguez on, who's... One of the original Latin Kings of Comedy. It's the 20th anniversary of the Latin Kings of Comedy, which was actually filmed in El Paso back in 2002 at the Plaza Theater. Paul Rodriguez and another original Latin King, Joey Medina, are going to be performing at the Plaza Theater this Saturday as part of the 20th anniversary celebrations. Also, uh, Joey Medina will be on the show with us later today. So that's coming up. And Johnny Sanchez, uh, one of my favorite comics. He's also going to be part of the lineup on Saturday at the Plaza Theater. We're going to be talking to Johnny Sanchez, a.k.a. Lil Joker from Mad (laughs) TV, coming up later this morning. All that and more on the way. The Elvis movie is coming out today. Joanna, you interested in seeing the Elvis movie? Uh, very interested. Looks- How about your mom? Is your mom an Elvis fan? My mom has been saying, Joanna, you better take me to go see it. Joanna, okay. I want to see that movie. <laughs> now, is this one for the whole families? Would uh, would your uh, sweet boys, your nephews, mm. want to go see no, Elvis? my sweet boys don't like to hang out with us anymore. No. Not even if it's like, oh, it's free movie and popcorn stuff. No, the other one, one of them is already like, we're going to go see Thor, though, right? Oh, uh, okay. And that's when I learned the word himbo. What, what was the... <laughs> yeah, we had that as a Urban Dictionary word of the day. Yep. And you said that one of your nephews used the word himbo and you didn't know what it meant. Yeah, because they were like, oh, Chris Hemsworth is totally a himbo. <laughs> and I'm a, a what? Right. They know I hate it when I have to look up things on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> well, you should probably share with people who weren't tuned in and are wondering what a himbo is. A himbo. A very attractive but unintelligent man. However, a very sweet and kind man. The sweetest dumb man you'll ever know. A guy. Also hot. A guy. Who's, <laughs> it's, it's a guy version of a bimbo. There we go. So you know how we write our answers down on pieces of paper? Mm-hmm. Or at least I do. Yes. My mom found mine. It said himbo. And she was like, what is this? Himbo. <laughs> 
Okay, how did your mom find this? Is she cleaning out your backpack? After no, no, she just came. I, I invited her over, her, her and my dad over to hang out at my place last night. And they came over and... Uh-huh. <laughs> your mom found your himbo. What is this himbo, Nicholas? Bone? Do you want to bone him? <laughs> One of our coworkers stopped me in the hallway. It was like, what is a himbo? <laughs> and then I explained to her and she's like, oh, I've dated a few of those. <laughs> I'm like, good for you, Marina. <laughs> they are uh, pulling those jewel pods. So if you're down to your last jewel, uh, you might have a hard time finding one soon. The federal government just banned jewel e-cigarettes yesterday and ordered the ones that are on the shelves pulled off the shelves. Um, this has developed over the course of just the past few days. We first heard about it on Tuesday. Other e-cigarette brands like Views and Nijoy haven't been banned yet, just Juul. A statement from the FDA said, and th- this is what I was interested in. Like if you went through and you, as an example, say we're going to ban toothpaste, but we're only going to ban Crest. You know what I mean? It's like the other two. Well, what is it about this one product? So here's what the FDA says. It's basically because Juul's application to keep selling them lacked, quote, sufficient evidence to prove the chemicals in a Juul cigarette are safe. Uh, Basically, that means there's no proof they're any more dangerous than other vaping products, but also no proof they're not. So Juul wants the ban lifted. I got to tell you. I never thought I would say this. I find myself sympathizing with Jewel a little bit in all this. Really? Yeah. I don't understand why. Well, okay, here's another example. Say they came out and said, fast food's bad for you. We're going to ban fast food, but we're only banning Taco Bell and McDonald's. Wendy's and Burger King I don't can think stay you open. can compare smoking products to food. Also, we have, speaking of smoking products, we still haven't banned cigarettes, which is yeah, another one that throws me for that? a loop. Uh so a lot of parents and anti-vapers are happy about it. Obviously, Jewel fans, including Sean Hannity, who got caught smoking his Jewel a few months ago mm-hmm. uh, when they came back from a commercial break, Sean Hannity's railed against it. So I also have that to contend with. If I am going to defend Jewel, I'm going to find myself on the same side of an issue with Sean Hannity, which <laughs> is something I vowed would never happen. Uh, Google Trends also revealed the top nicotine withdrawal symptoms Americans have been Googling this week. <laughs> the top five nicotine withdrawal symptoms are headache, yep. fatigue, yep. anxiety, yep. nausea, and hunger. <laughs> yep. All of those. Wouldn't this mean if somebody's addicted to nicotine, you, they get their nicotine from a jewel. If they pull jewel, they're just going to switch to cigarettes, which have got to be as but bad. But those are right? still cool. Right. Well, cigarettes are always going to be cool, especially if you're a kid. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a 33 year old, and I still think they're cool. (laughs) We got a lot of uh, ground to cover today. We've got uh, Joey Medina and also Johnny Sanchez on the way this morning. Little Joker. Let's take. (laughs) Did you say you knew a cholo that looked like that? (laughs) I'm curious about Joanna's. friends. (laughs) friends. <laughs> oh, I think Joanna's probably got a lot of good stories. <laughs> um, 
Let's find out what else is uh, going on and coming up. Joanna's got entertainment news later, so what are we going to be looking at in entertainment news this morning, Joanna? Well, Netflix wants to show you how to build a sex room in your house. It's premiering on July 8th, but it also has the cutest little interior designer who are many calling many are calling the Mary Poppins of the sex rooms. <laughs> is she British? Yes. Is she, she has the cutest little accent. Is she older? She is. Does she have kind of like a Julie Andrews vibe? More of a very much a Julie Andrews vibe. Okay, so we'll have that uh, in the spotlight when entertainment news comes around later this morning. Nico, news, what are our top... I know I played around with the news there a little bit. What else are we talking about in the news today? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it has been January 6th hearing news after January 6th hearing news this week, and the news keeps going. Donald Trump issued a statement last night. What was the lawyer's name that the FBI had gone and... Uh, uh, Clark? Jeffrey yeah, Clark? Jeffrey Clark, so... Um, uh, here's what I heard in... Uh, no, let he, me just finish saying this. The... I honestly can't believe... First of all, I think this, this panel and these hearings are such a good thing because we're finally learning things that we probably wouldn't have before. And second of all, dude, we were this close to things like going even worse. Like they might have actually replaced the voting boxes you, or might have gotten their hands on the... Did, like Trump's people might have gotten their hands on the... Rudy Giuliani might have gotten his hands on actual voting boxes they had, and changed the election. They had three different um, officials from the Department of Justice testifying yesterday. Um, and it was just amazing testimony. One of them says at one point he told Donald Trump, because Donald Trump was uh, playing around with replacing the attorney general with this guy, Jeffrey Clark. Rosen was the attorney Rosen general was after Bill Barr. Uh, Bill Barr had left because he had did, he had already told the president these stolen election claims were bogus. Right. And he didn't want to be a part of uh, a treasonous plot, obviously. So Bill Barr says he stepped down. Yeah, but you know what also comes out of the testimony is Bill Barr asked one of these guys, I think he asked Jeffrey Rosen, uh, could I... Um, appoint the Louisiana Attorney General as a special, uh, pr not special prosecutor, what was Mueller? A special, uh, the Mueller committee. Yeah. What, what's the name of it? A special, no? You don't know? Special K? <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mueller was a special in, in, uh, investigator, yeah. a special... Now you're making me draw a blank. Gosh. Well, anyways, they were going to... They, they were thinking of... of Independent counsel? Yeah. Okay, go Special ahead. counsel. Prosecutor? Special prosecutor? Yeah. All right. Anyways, the, the, uh, Bill Barr was thinking of, of appointing one to do a, a, an investigation into voter fraud. So it's kind of like, really, Bill Barr? Well, yeah, but he might have been doing like, all right, look, yeah. I've already told him twice. Maybe if I name a special investigator, and that guy also tells him the same thing I told well, him. Well, that the idea it. of a special investigator did not go away. Donald Trump had already promised Sidney Powell that she could be it. There's a bag of nuts for you on that, Sidney Powell. Imagine if she was given special prosecutorial That would be power. like the My Pillow guy being named Speaker of the House. Yeah, you know, in charge <laughs> yeah. of investigating and in charge of right. all this. She's about as uh, as big a nut buggy as as the my pillow guy. Right? So then, 
Uh, Donald Trump is saying, I'm thinking of putting Jeffrey Clark in as acting attorney general. Oh. oh, and then Rosen sets up a meeting with Donald Trump and says, you will have our three resignations on your desk today, plus a hundred more resignations from all the top leadership positions of the Department of Justice. Your entire Department of Justice will not have people. I, I think the word was, how's that going to make you, you look? look? How's that going to make you look? Right. And he's like, nah. Okay, I guess you're right. Yeah, so some blockbuster stuff. Also, I guess there was another documentary clue that had done interviews with people in the Trump circle, including Ivanka, and including, uh, they believe, Donald Trump, and that a lot of stuff is going to... is on tape. Well, Benny Thompson, the uh, the Chair. chair of the committee is saying that this doesn't have a timeline to it. The committee is a rolling committee. They're going to be releasing evidence as they go. They said they're going to take a break after today because they just got more evidence in the past two weeks since they started the... Well, look, you know, what it sounds like is there's already a mountain of evidence Mm -hmm. against a lot of the people who were involved in what's looking more and more like an organized and serious... Criminal. Criminal criminal conspiracy to stage a coup. Uh, against not just the U.S. government, but just the very the concept of democracy. So, so the people, really, it's against the people. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, a lot of news headlines coming up. We've got a uh, full plate today. Let me uh, give you the Mo Show calendar. Well, excuse me. Let's do the weather. Uh, and it is brought to you by Wet and Wild Water World. Partly cloudy today. Ninety five. If we see any rain, going to be uh, right around an eight or ten percent chance of some afternoon showers. Other than that, partly cloudy. Ninety five for the high temperature. Mid nineties through the weekend, and we do have a chance of rain on Saturday afternoon overnight into Sunday. But look for mid nineties Saturday and Sunday, and low to mid. For the beginning of next week, starting on Monday, 92 for the high temperature on Monday. A little bit of rain here and there. Uh, The bulk of it, though, if we get uh, any substantial rain, probably going to be on Saturday afternoon. El Paso weather brought to you by Wet and Wild Water World. Right now, Wet and Wild season passes are on sale. Go for the entire season. Just $59.99. Get those tickets at any area, Circle K, or online at wetwild.com. That's wetwild.com. We're going to have today in sound clips on the way. That's coming up in just a few minutes. But with you, coming up, comedian Joey Medina this hour. He's part of the lineup for Latin Kings of Comedy tomorrow at the Plaza Theater. In the next hour, the 8 a.m. hour, Johnny Sanchez, a.k.a. Lil Joker. Lil Joker. From uh, Mad TV is going to be calling into the show. Also, there's a uh, celebrity softball game that's happening tonight at Southwest University Park. It's Green Bay Packers star running back Aaron Jones. He's going to be the captain of one team. His twin brother Alvin is going to be the captain of the other team. Many of UTEP's current and recent NFL players are going to be part of the celebrity Softball game. Quentin Dimps is going to be there. Will Hernandez, uh, former Burgess alum John Skelton, who played quarterback for the Cardinals. Omar Quintanilla, who played uh, nine seasons in the major leagues. So the game is tonight, and we're going to have tickets to give away. So you can see El Paso's Aaron and Alvin Jones and their team made up of uh, athletes either from El Paso or came through UTEP. And we're going to have tickets to give away for that coming up a little bit later. While we're on the topic of football, another Manning seems to be headed to the NFL. Another one? Arch Manning, 
who uh, has verbally committed to play at UT. Arch Manning. Son of Eli. Son of... No, I think his dad... Let me see here. I think his dad might be Cooper. All right. But Arch Manning has made a verbal commitment to play at Texas and be a Longhorn. Uh, He is one of the most highly watched quarterbacks to come out of high school in a long time. He is the nephew of former NFL quarterbacks Peyton and Eli Manning. And his grandfather, Archie Manning, was an all-star quarterback for the New Orleans Saints back when they never won a game. But he was my favorite player because I liked New Orleans. Oh. But it was a time period where they were absolutely the worst team (laughs) in the league. Uh... Ranked as the top overall prospect in the 2023 recruiting cycle, Arch Manning has been on the national recruiting radar since early in his ninth grade year. What? (laughs) His uncles are Peyton and Eli. His father, Cooper, is the one who didn't play NFL football. Did he play football, though? Probably. Yeah, Yeah, I think he was supposed to have been a really, really good athlete. Are they all quarterbacks, too? That's weird that they don't, that they all... Had the same position. Well, Grandpa Archie is. Yeah. Both of Archie's sons, Peyton and Eli, and then Arch, all in the quarterback position. The Elvis biopic, Elvis, comes out today. Mm. What if I uh, had some Elvis facts that you're probably not aware of? Ooh. I would be surprised. You think you already know everything there is to know about Elvis? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know he likes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Or peanut butter and banana? Banana. Peanut yeah. butter and banana sandwiches. Uh, Elvis is known for his dark pompadour, actually natural blonde. <gasps> what? He was actually oh a natural blonde. He was dying. No, I knew that one. <laughs> you did? I did, yeah. Presley was a big fan of actor Tony Curtis, known for his dark hair, and he dyed his hair to look similar. Oh, I did not know what the inspiration was. That's cool. Dr. Nick Papadopoulos was Elvis's doctor from the late 60s through his death in 1977. He was implicated for providing Elvis with drugs that contributed to his tragic death. Papadoc? Dr. Nick. You know, on The Simpsons, I'm Dr. Nick. Yeah. That's supposed to be a reference to... uh, Dr. Nicolopoulos. Nicolopoulos. Nicopoulos. In the last year and a half of Elvis's life, he was prescribed over 12,000 pills by Dr. <gasps> Nick and would travel with three suitcases full of medication at all time. Dr. Nick later testified that he was willing to prescribe Presley whatever he wanted because he didn't want him to seek out drugs from other doctors or resort to buying drugs off the street. Elvis was very anti-drug while at the same time being very addicted to drugs. But his thing was he was was very much against marijuana, for instance, or any party drugs. And he saw this as, well, this is different. This is medicine. This is is my medicine. I just choose to take in large quantities. I'm just uh, going through some of these to find the ones that... He really was in the Army, though, right? Uh, Do you want me to cover that for a second? I'm kind of curious, yeah. (laughs) December 1957, Elvis announced that he had been drafted into the U.S. Army. 
His devastated fans wrote tens of thousands of letters to both the singer and the military begging that Elvis be let out of his military service. Despite the outcry, Elvis said he was willing to put his career on hold at the height of his popularity, telling the media it was a duty I gotta fill, and I'm gonna do it. Duty. <laughs> it's a duty. I heard that was cur- the colonel's idea. It it was the height of Elvis's popularity, and the colonel's like, hey, you know what would make you look just even better? Wait, I read that too somewhere. Where the hell did I read if, that? If Plus- you just... We'll see. That's probably all going to be covered in the movie, which is out today. Uh-huh. At the height of Elvis's fame, over 60,000 children a year were being diagnosed with polio. When the polio vaccine was developed in 1965, many people, see if this sounds familiar, were okay. skeptical of the vaccine. Interesting. And didn't want to get it. Vaccination rates among teenagers were at less than 1%. In order to persuade people to get vaccinated, Elvis agreed to get his own vaccine on live television during the Ed Sullivan Show. After getting his shot, teenage vaccination rates went up from under 1% to 80% in just six months. God, we have to be doing that since then. Yeah. Elvis was obsessed with karate. Get it? Get <laughs> karate. It. And even earned a black belt in 1960. One you of mean karate? Karate. <laughs> he first got into karate when he was stationed in Germany. He vowed to keep up his training when he returned to the U.S. and soon earned his first degree black belt. All right. Throughout his entire career, I think this is going to be a big part of the movie uh, because of Colonel Tom, who's played by Tom Hanks. Throughout his entire career, Elvis only performed in North America and only performed outside of the United States three times. All three of those shows were in Canada. This was apparently at the behest of Elvis's manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Parker was a Dutch citizen living illegally in the United States. He was afraid that if... Elvis went out of the United States and he couldn't go for fear of not being let back in. Somebody else would gain influence over Elvis. So the fact that Colonel Tom Parker was illegally in the United States was the big reason that Elvis never went and toured. He would have been huge in Japan and the UK and basically anywhere in the world. But Colonel Tom Parker whose real name was suspected to be Andreas Van Kuchk, left home for America <laughs> in 1929. There was Van an, what? There, Van Kuchk. <laughs> there was an unexplained murder in Colonel Tom's background. Not a military colonel, I believe. <laughs> no. He's like a Colonel Sanders. I'm just going through some of these. There there are dozens of Elvis facts here, but I really wanted to... I thought that vaccine one, I'd never heard that before. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Under 1% of teenagers vaccinated, Elvis goes on, Ed Sullivan gets his vaccine, and within six months, 80%. Who would have been our star? Like, if we had that person in 2020... Who would go, go get the vaccine and show, hey, it's safe? Probably the president, actually. Post yeah. Malone. <laughs> who? Post Malone is who I said. Posty! 
Later in his career, Elvis usually wore rhinestone-studded jumpsuits while performing. Is this a fact we're not supposed to know? No, you know it, but I'm going to tell you some facts about the jumpsuits. <laughs> they initially weighed the in at around 25 to 30 pounds, <gasps> but as the beading and encrusted jewels became more intricate, some of the suits would weigh up to 75 pounds. His American Eagle jumpsuit, also known as the Aloha after wearing it for a concert special filmed in Hawaii, was his most expensive at the time, costing $65,000. So that's in like 1968 money. Today it would cost four times that. Hey, I saw one of those facts above. It said that he met Priscilla uh, when she was 14. Uh, there, he, that one. Yeah. While stationed in Germany in the Army, Elvis met Priscilla Bilyeu, who was 14 years old and fell for her. The pair dated for seven years while Priscilla moved to Memphis to finish high school so she could <gasps> be closer to Elvis. Wh what? After meeting Priscilla, Elvis reportedly told a friend that she was, quote, young enough that I can train her any way I want. Oh, my God. Um, Elvis refused right. to even look at Priscilla unless she was wearing makeup and would not have sex with her after she gave birth to Lisa Marie, telling her, I've never been able to make love to a woman who'd had a child. Okay. Toxic. <laughs> right? Mm. All right, here's the one that uh, you hear a lot of stories about. Elvis really wanted to be able to carry a badge around. He really thought guns were cool. He really thought having a badge that he could flash at people would be very cool. Right. So, in Maybe 1970, he, he didn't want to do that, though. So, he did the next best thing. He went to the White House when Richard Nixon was president. In 1970, Elvis decided he wanted a federal narcotics agent badge. He believed it meant that he would be able to travel the world with whatever guns and drugs he wanted to, and nobody would be able to say anything to him about it. Upon spontaneously arriving at the White House, or in Washington, D.C., Presley called the White House and told President Richard Nixon, I will be here for as long as it gets to get the credentials for being a federal agent. The meeting between Presley telling Nixon that the Beatles were responsible for the increase in anti-American sentiments. Presley went on to tell Nixon that he had been closely studying communism and the rise of psychedelic drug culture in the United <laughs> States and that he wanted to do something to help. I remember this is a guy who was severely hooked on drugs. Despite not having any training or need for a badge, Nixon went along with it and granted the request. He ended up giving Elvis a badge that had no actual power, so it was more of a decorative badge than anything else. To close out the trip, Elvis gifted Nixon a handgun from World War II that Presley had taken off the wall of his Los Angeles mansion before boarding his flight to the White House. So he's just like, uh, you know what, I'm going to take a, pre I'm gonna take a <laughs> present like, to the president. Here's a gun. Here's a gun. Thank you very much. <laughs> the photo of Elvis... Shaking hands with President Nixon is the most popular photograph at the gift shop at Graceland to this day. So, my gosh. Elvis wanted to be a narc, even though he was <laughs> yeah. taking all the pills that he could get his hands on. Well, and, and spon legal. 
All right. spontaneously showing up to the White House and then just randomly well, taking a gun. It sounds like he spontaneously showed up to Washington and he did give a courtesy call ahead of time and they said, sure, come on down. Those are all signs that he was already on drugs. <laughs> Elvis is out in theaters today. Who's that coming through the park? Dressed in rhinestones after dark. Looking way too fat to be a cop. Keeping Memphis clean from his long black limousine. Fighting crime with fast karate chops. <laughs> oh, now Elvis was an art in Rhinestone's Tomorrow at the Plaza Theater, it's the Latin Kings comedy show. It's the 20th anniversary of the original Latin Kings comedy, yeah. which was filmed a here bit, in El Paso. A bit of history for you at the Abraham Chavez Theater in El Paso. Original uh, Latin Kings from that 2002 special, Paul Rodriguez is going to be here. We talked to Paul yesterday. Joey Medina, we're going to talk to later this morning. Here's Johnny Sanchez, who's been one of my favorite comics for a long, long time. Hey, Johnny. Hey. How, good morning. Good, good mor morning. How are you? Good morning, Johnny. I, You know what? As much as I was a fan of your stand-up, somebody had to jog my memory and remind me that you were on a couple of seasons of Mad TV. Somebody had called yeah. in to remind me that a couple of seasons, and especially, I think yeah. the caller said, look up look up the Baby Joker skits. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so I went looking for it. He got it wrong. It's not Baby Joker. It's Little Joker, right? Yes. You know what's so funny? I found that I found um, one of the other guys was asking me. Um, he was like, "Hey, man, do you have a, a good headshot? A good, uh, a great picture, like a good quality photo of Little Joker?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've got some, but let me." And I, this was just yesterday or last night. Yeah, a day and a half ago, and um, I googled it. And then as I'm scrolling down looking for images of, of my, you know, my, basically myself on, as a little joker, I see the, um, I see you guys, the KLAQ and it, and the little article or whatever happened or how it came out. And, and then I saw, I read the part where the guy's like, he used to get with his grandmother. And oh, wait, on hold YouTube. on. I can do you one better. I can play the call so you can hear it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, listen okay. to this. Hey, buzz, you guys are talking about Johnny Sanchez. That dude had a character on that TV called uh, Baby Joker. <laughs> that dude was funny, man. That dude was funny. And every time I have YouTube on, my grandma's always saying, hey, put on Baby Joker, put on Baby Joker. <laughs> so y'all have a chance to check out Baby Joker. <laughs> right. So I go over and I enter Baby Joker. Well, guess what? It pops up. Little Joker. So it's Little like the Joker. internet knew knew the, what the guy was talking about anyway. <laughs> right. So I think I the yeah. article you're talking about, I wrote. So There you go. It was you then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that, by the way. Appreciate that. And yeah, I did, two se I did the last two seasons. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, uh, I got on there on season 13 and then, um, everything went great. Season 14, everything was popping. We were, you know, they were telling, they were telling me they're bringing me back for season 15. And then Fox decided to, uh, you know, pull the plug on that oh, show. Man. And, you know, the crazy thing is they, they, um, they never really replaced it. They tried the Wanda Sykes talk show. That's, that's what they had, they 
canceled us, and then they were giving her a talk show. That didn't go over. I, I think it, I, it may be a couple of months or something. I can't remember, but, you know, it was a, we had a solid fan base on that show. It wasn't as, as large as Saturday Night Live, but it was, they had their, their, their loyal, mad fans that were just like, you know, they didn't care about us now. They just wanted to watch Mad. So, yeah, that, that, uh, little, little Joker, exactly, is, uh, uh, it's like if he was on right now, he'd be like, hey, wait, 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 I'm on the radio, wait? <laughs> wait a minute, hold on. Hey, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, radio guy, hey, radio guy, can, yeah. can I give a shout out to my family? Can I give a shout out to my family? Please do, go ahead. Yeah, okay, go Raiders. Oh, <laughs> So, little Joker always had his crew of of cholos yeah. with him, and we were coming because yeah. Nico Nico's here. Nico Jimian is a local comic, and he hangs out with a lot of local comics. And it basically, all of uh, uh, little Joker's friends just look like the local comics. Yeah, <laughs> look like a lot of cholo comics. That's hilarious. See, that's what's interesting to me. I mean, I, I mean, I guess the cholo thing is everywhere, you know, in the in, in the U.S. It's spread to uh, all cities and states. But mm-hmm. you know, whenever I think of cholos, I just you know, for me, I automatically think of California, and it just I forget that it. You know, you can go to Arizona, there's cholos. <laughs> you go to Texas, there's cholos. You know what I mean? It's kind of a, uh, but that's a funny visual too. Matter of fact, one of the one of my favorite. Um, lines that uh i had come up with for it was uh we it was one of the other sketches and then uh i said something like we were in a dance crew and then the guy goes oh this is your dance crew because he's like who are these guys and then i go yeah uh this is my dance crew. uh the name of our, our dance crew is called refried dreams <laughs> i love i'm still gonna do something with refried uh refried dreams. dreams at some point yeah yeah i just i thought it just was a great word play on but um Johnny, had a lot of fun doing that character yeah quick question was little joker based off of anybody you grew up with yeah, you know, it was a combo of you know what it what really I I have um I kind of had some a few friends like that. I mean, everybody knows the one. There's always the one guy that's sort of like that, whether it's his, Latino or black or white or Asian. There's always the clowny kind of friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really happened? So it, it, there's like like there's movements and things. But what happened was what really fueled it. <clears throat> There was a guy that I went to the um, a, a, the Hollywood Christmas Parade, uh, and I, uh, the first year I went, we're standing there, and there was a guy there. There's this little Mexican dude with his family, and there was like there was like sixteen of them, you know, all sitting right there on the curb or whatever. And this dude was just cutting up on everything <laughs> and everybody. And I remember it started with the Ohio an Ohio State. The Ohio State Marching Band, okay? And they were all white. Every single person in the band was white. So they they get to, like, where they're, like, you know, they're playing, you know how they play? And then they still always seem to stop, and they're kind of just marching, and then maybe just a drum line is going, but that's about it. So it's kind of quiet. It's not like, and then he's like, this dude goes, hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, check out the race. The race is banned, eh? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with the racist band, homie? Hey, hey, and then he yelled out to like grab the you know the horse you know the horse crap that's on the ground. Hey, grab the horse stuff and put it in your face. Get some color, homie. <laughs> so, so and everybody was laughing around you know like and even people like I remember I was with at the time 
uh, a, a girlfriend of mine, and and we were looking at each other, kind of laughing at this guy. It was like, it's funny. He kind of he kind of kept on, and then the next year. I'm in a different spot. It's a completely different guy, but he's sitting in. Now we're in the bleachers. We moved up the next year. We got some got some bleacher seats, <laughs> and this guy is in front. With, and this guy's only with his girlfriend, but <clears throat> he's doing the same thing. He's commentating the whole time. And one of the other ones that was funny was uh, I remember a, um, a Wells the Wells Fargo carriage with the horses was coming down, and it, it was almost near us. He goes, "Oh, hey, 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 is that Wells Fargo?" Hey, hey, somebody hide me, man. My, my account's over. <laughs> and I just was like, listen, I, you know, I kind of thought about the other guy and this guy. And um, I started just kind of, and, and he also came from, there was a bit I used to. I, Can I guess which one it was, Johnny? Because I think I know which one. Because I, I really am oh. a big fan. The one oh, where you're talking about being third-generation Mexican, but the Cholo guys would hassle you in high school. It seems like there's a little bit of those guys in yeah. the little joke. Okay. So, okay, here, you're, oh, you're literally almost right on it. I used to do the bit about um, people were always afraid of big Cholos. And I said, don't worry about the big Cholos because they're usually big and heavy and they can't run, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you punch them and run, you're safe, basically, right? I, I I did a used to, I did a bit on the Biaso Comedy Slam and it and I and it was uh, I go watch out for the little the little short the real small the smallest one who's like you know just like under five feet you know whatever and it was that guy is I morph because of the movement because that guy was like hey who, you got a problem just go right here let's do it let's go. And he was shuffling his feet around I'll take, I'll go I'll go up against you and you and you and he was pointing like you know I have him pointing up really high like with his finger. And um, and I when I was coming up with a, with characters and I so I started I had that guy and I kind of started working a little bit of those dudes in and it just so happened that Mad TV was because um, you know Bobby Lee was a friend of mine who had already been on the show and he was he I remember him calling me <clears throat> and he said hey man um, they're actually really they're they're really wanting to get a Latino guy on the on the show and I was like all right okay. And uh, he says, so you got, you know, four characters, original four characters. I think, oh, yeah. And uh, and I thought about Lil Joker. And, uh, and he was already in the works. And I was kind of, and, and then I, what I did was for the audition, I go, oh, I know. I'll do him being interviewed at the Hollywood Christmas parade. <laughs> <laughs> so I just did, I, I did a little bit of the, you know, the Wells Fargo, and she got that racist band, and then, oh, hey, give a shout out, and I did all that stuff. Um, and the only, the only other, the other thing that, that helped me um, was, you know, Bobby had told me, he's like, he knew I was not a celebrity impressionist, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think you guys like so-so, you know what I mean? But I always sound sort of like me. I don't, you know, I'm not like a, I'm not, um... You know Frank Caliendo. <laughs> there you go. I was just, I was, you know who I had it, I was, you know who I, I had in my head was the guy from SNL that did it for years, but I couldn't remember his name. Uh, uh, Daryl Hammond? Daryl, yeah, I yeah. was about to say, I'm no Daryl Hammond. No, you're right. I'm no Caliendo by any, any means. And then, uh, Bobby goes, hey, here's the deal, though, because he knew I was I might bail once he told me this. He's like, hey, they they do need celebrity. You got to do at least like three celebrity. I go, oh, Bobby, you know I don't do that. And he's like, well, you got you got to do it, man. You got to do it. Yeah. And I go, 
And I go, oh, I go, okay, let me think about it. So I sat back. I almost said no. And I gave myself like, oh, I think it was over the week. I go, give me over the weekend. Let me think about it. And I thought about it. I was like, well, you know what? I can sort of do the Latino celebrities. They didn't say what celebrities. Yeah. They just said celebrities. So I came up with a bit called Star Truck, the next generation. <laughs> and I put, I put Carlos Mencia, Paul Rodriguez, Cheech Marin, and George Lopez in this ship. And then it was narrated by Edward James Olmos. <gasps> and that literally, like the guy that, you know, the, own, the main guy, uh, David Salzman, uh, who basically owned MAD, he said, you really won me over with little Joker. He said, you know, that was, you know, he said, but at the end of your audition, when you did, you know, all those guys together bouncing back and forth, he said, um, he goes, that was it. I, you know, I knew, you know, we had to have it. And then we were, we were going to shoot that. I was going to say, did um, that skit ever make it to air? What, you know what's crazy? Their budget was cut so low that, you know, they, they, it was even hard for them to get me in front of a green screen and have to do, you know, because they, they were going to do my makeup and everything and they were going to transform me into each guy and then, and then splice it all together. And it never happened. Oh, man. It never happened. You know what? That's, what, what, that's basically the Latin kings of comedy, though. <laughs> Carlos, Paul Rodriguez, George Lopez. George. Right. Yeah. You just throw Gabriel in there. Somewhere. Yeah. But, oh, wow. You know, Bobby, Bobby Lee, by the way, your friend Bobby, if you see him, he's on a show right now called Reservation Dogs, which uh, just to show how everything kind of comes full circle is filmed in my little hometown in Oklahoma. But he's on that show called Reservation Dogs right now. I didn't know he got, he was. I just did a podcast with Bobby on Wednesday. He didn't talk oh. about that. No, but you know what's interesting because I knew I know Kirk Fox as well. Who oh, cool. I knew Kirk was yeah, who was on that. I did not know Bobby. He's been doing res, uh, reservation dogs. Yeah, he's like the doctor in town. Oh, my, oh, oh, that's hilarious. Yo, check it out. So it's my hometown, which has about 11,000 people in it that I grew up in. And the whole point okay. is supposed to be it's hopeless. Nobody's life ever goes anywhere. And the best you can hope is to get out of there and go someplace else as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, do they use the actual name of that city or do they change it for the show? Changed it for the show. Yeah, right. but they have a reference to it. The bar is called Old Muggies, and the name of the town is a, is a Creek Indian word. It's called Oak Mulgee, and the bar is a reference to the actual name of the town. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm going to, I mean, I've been telling myself to watch it because Kurt, because uh, Kurt's in there, Kurt Fox is in there. It looks good. It looks interesting and different. I can't believe Bobby didn't even. I literally just we just did the Comedy Store podcast <laughs> on, on Wednesday. <laughs> he was too busy complaining about everything else. That guy, yeah. you know what I mean? He's. It's, it, we're talking about things and careers, and of course he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I should be further. I should be further. I mean, come on, you know. So yeah, it's. Uh, it was one of those things, but um, but yeah, man, that's really kind of the backstory of how I got in on mad and then and then and then they can and what's funny is i remember when i started on, on se the, that season 13 bobby specifically was like hey listen you're gonna hear a lot of stuff about they're canceling they're canceling don't worry about it it's not gonna get canceled, it's not gonna get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna get canceled. i go oh okay 
So I kept hearing buzzings that, that first season, nothing happened. I go, oh, you're right, Bobby. I told you, I told you, not that, that. don't worry about it. Bobby, Bobby's probably saying, I'm going to be doing my Connie Chung for the next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, jo- Johnny, uh, yeah. I, I'm glad that I wrote the article. I just thought it was an interesting yeah. thing that I hadn't noticed. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. you used to come into El Paso and do the comedy, uh, do the comic strip yeah. back in the 90s. I used so I remember to, yes, one of my early, early clubs, man. I, I actually uh, started as a, um, I never hosted, I came in, by the time I came in, maybe around my fourth or fifth year, I, and you know who brought me there for the very first time? Pablo Francisco. Pablo Francisco. Oh, cool. Right. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, we were good friends. And uh, and then with that, uh, Bart, you know, bumped me up. I think I featured twice, and then he, he bumped me to... Um, up to uh, headliner and so so yeah that was a, I always love coming out there uh, so I'm looking forward because I, I I think it's been about I did an event about four or five years ago with Willie Barcena yep. and Jeff Garcia and some guys so um, it's been a few years man so I'm you know I'm real excited to you know to come in and and do this with these guys it's a, it's a really solid show because. You know, these, the other guys, Dennis Caxiola and of course Joey Medina, who's one of the original, uh, Latin Kings from the, from the original taping, um, and Gilbert Esquivel, they're all just, you know. Hilarious. Right. This is going to be real yeah, solid. Nico checked on tickets and you said that, uh, they, they're pretty close to sold they're out. They're pretty so close, I think. Get and they were you getting get pretty expensive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, listen, oh, Johnny, okay. I, I love what you do, man. I'm glad I discovered this and wrote the article and I'm glad you liked the article too. I did, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, All right. man. We'll see you this weekend, Johnny. Oh, wait. wait real quick. One shout out. Hold on. Hey, yep. hey, hey, guys. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait. Real quick, homie. Hey, yep. go ahead. Come on out, eh? Come on out for the show, all right? Yeah. Hey, but don't forget, be nice, eh? Don't be a nasu from El Paso. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. All right, take care. Have a yeah. great one. We'll see you Saturday tomorrow, I guess. Here's a little bit of a uh, jo- uh, little, little joke. We're going to have some news headlines coming up with Nico Ajimian. Love talking to Johnny Sanchez. He's just super funny and really talented. He's just part of the lineup tomorrow at the Plaza Theater for the Latin Kings of Comedy. Tonight on television, Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals. The Tampa Bay Lightning are on the ropes. The Colorado Avalanche lead the series 3-1. to one. They can wrap it up tonight with a win. In Colorado. How exciting. Uh, tonight, CBS first season finale of Come Dance With Me. Followed by the Daytime Emmy Awards on CBS. A couple of things on Netflix, Man vs. Bee, a comedy starring Rowan Atkinson as a guy desperately trying to get rid of a bee (laughs) while house-sitting a luxurious mansion. Also on Peacock today, Downton Abbey, A New Era. This was the movie that was in theaters, I want to say, around Christmas time, maybe January. You going to get in on that? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm really invested in the Downton Abbey multiverse. <laughs> That's not a joke. You know, it, like, I know all about, <laughs> I know all the characters. I know all the side stories. It's funnier because it's not a joke. 
<laughs> well, what's? Let me ask you something. What's funny about it? I don't know that you really relate to. I don't landed I, British old women. No, no, I relate to the people like the uh, scullery maids. And, <laughs> the scullery maids. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a story here that people are comparing to uh, an episode of Black Mirror. And I'll get into it further. I just don't think I have the time that it deserves right now. But it's basically an Alexa type of thing, except you can tell it to read you a book in the voice of your your deceased grandmother is the example they give. What? Yeah. Uh, But speaking of Black Mirror, if you want to watch, I watched a movie on Netflix yesterday that was like a really good episode of Black Mirror. It's got Chris Hemsworth Thor in it. And it's called Spiderhead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've heard good things and I've been wanting to, but I didn't know. Just go into it thinking like this is a, this is a long episode of Black Mirror because it's really that kind of vibe and that kind of plot Mm -hmm. and everything. Speaking of Chris Hemsworth, Taika Watiti confirms we will, we, the human species, will get to see Chris Hemsworth's naked, unpixelated behind in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh. Watiti said I'd be depriving humanity if I didn't show it. (laughs) A little. In the trailers, Thor's backside is pixelated, but director Taika Watiti says that it is not censored in the actual movie. And Elon Musk's transgender daughter has come out saying that she's changing her name because she doesn't want anything to do with her father. Uh, Elon Musk's transgender daughter petitioned to have her name changed from Xavier Musk to Vivian Jenna Wilson. She's taking her mother's last name because, quote, I no longer live with or wish to be related to my biological father in any way shape or form now does that also apply to any inheritance she might have coming the musk money the daughter was born male and named when you see it with an x like professor x do you say xavier or, or xavier 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 okay well xavier just turned 18 in April and now wants to be known as Vivian Jenna Wilson, taking the last name of her mother, Justine Wilson. Musk and Justine were married from 2000 to 2008. And Vivian, formerly Xavier, listed the reason for wanting the name change as, quote, gender identity and the fact that I no longer live with or wish to be related to my biological father in any way, shape, or form. There is no word on why the relationship is strained, but TMZ pointed out that in December of 2020, Elon had tweeted, quote, I absolutely support trans, but all these pronouns are an aesthetic nightmare. Hey, you said the same thing yesterday. I don't know that I said they're an aesthetic nightmare. I said linguistically they're they're bothersome. They cause a lot of confusion when you start calling somebody they instead of him or her. 
that it can it can lead it's to a nightmare. Some, it, it's not a nightmare. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to call it a nightmare, but it can be confusing for sure. Hey, the Elvis movie is out today. Boz Lerman directs. Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker. And what's the guy's name that plays? He's really a talented actor. He played Tex in... Austin Butler. Austin Butler. He played Tex Watson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's out today. And they say that they've got a... They they could release like four hours. They had that much footage that they had to cut down for the theatrical release. Uh, there's a lot of audio of the real life Elvis just, you know, off the record, taken during leisure moments. So I thought I'd play some, uh, you know, this is what Elvis would sound like when he wasn't, you know, on camera necessarily. Did the launch chair go off? Yeah. Yeah. You can see this that. is, it's him and what they used to call the Memphis Mafia. So Red and Sonny West and all these guys that were just basically Elvis's entourage. And they're watching one of the, uh, one of the NASA launches. Did the launch chair go off? Yeah. Yeah. You can see that, you can see it in the sky. When it disconnected up there. Gigi never saw the explosion. I didn't know it. I had launch. Launch right over here. I had launch. I, I, was, 30. I was buried in a beaver. <laughs> Oh, uh, how was your lunch? <laughs> you got to do a five-minute monologue. We're going to get into our news headlines. Nico has the news headed our way. But let me give you a preview of Q Connected coming up Sunday. It's our new rock music feature. And also, Daniel Paulus puts a spotlight on local rockers. New music from Highly Suspect. Also, you're going to get to hear that new Aussie tune on Q Connected. You can hear it tonight also on Loudwire Nights. And something new from Fozzie. Chris Jericho's band is going to be featured during the new rock segments. Plus, Daniel Paulus is going to feature Borderland Band's Feline Fox. I think Feline Fox might be playing next Thursday at McElligan Canyon. Yeah, I think so. Texas Voodoo Stomp. Revita and Into the Spiral, just some of the Borderland bands that are going to be featured this Sunday on Q Connect. Brought to you by The Rock House, 9828 Montana. Follow them on Facebook and check out Q Connected every Sunday, 5 to 7, on 95.5 KLAQ. All right, ready to get to today's news headlines? Let's go ahead and get into it. Here is Nico Jimian with today's news. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz. The Taliban is begging President Biden to release assets that are frozen in U.S. banks so it can respond to the aftermath of the 6.1 earthquake it just had. At least 1,100 people were killed by the quake. 1,500 people were injured when the 6.1 magnitude quake hit the southern city of Kost on Tuesday. After the Taliban took over when the former Afghan government fled in August, the Biden administration froze $9.5 billion of Afghan central bank reserves. Couldn't they sell some banks. of that military equipment? There were billions of dollars of military equipment left behind. Can We ought to just tell them, sell that and raise your own money. You know, the second you drive it off the lot, it loses half right. its value. <laughs> the value just <Yeah>. plummets. <laughs> The U.S. Embassy in Kabul says the U.S. is already responding with partners to deploy medical teams to provide immediate care to people affected. 
Well, Thursday's hearing of the January 6th committee focused on the pressure then-President Donald Trump and his allies put on the Justice Department to help overturn the 2020 election. Summing up the hearing, Representative Adam Kinzinger, representative and Republican of Illinois, said Trump continuing to push the lie of a stolen election and pressure his officials to break the law was about protecting his very real power and very fragile ego, even if it required recklessly undermining our entire electoral system by wildly casting faceless doubt upon it. In short, he was willing to sacrifice our republic to prolong this presidency. I can imagine no more dishonorable act by a president, he said. I got one for you. I don't even think it was so much about prolonging the presidency. It was him not having to say, I lost. Yeah. The idea of him being a one-termer who ran again and the people chose Joe Biden, I think just was too much for his. And that's true. How are you a billionaire who's married to a supermodel and your ego is so fragile like an eggshell, man? But I think it had a lot more to do with, I don't think he really wanted to do the job of president, but I I think just the idea that he was lost. Did you hear he was... He was speaking a couple of weeks ago at some kind of gathering in Tennessee, and he was talking about January 6th, and then he, he went into, and the media is making it, the crowd sound smaller than it was. It was actually a much larger crowd. He's still hung up on this crowd size stuff, right. even now. Like that means something. Like the January 6th insurrection, the crowd was actually bigger, but the media won't report how big because the crowd was. As you all know, the size of the crowd <clears throat> tells you how popular right. I am. Well, Chair Benny Thompson, a Democrat from Mississippi, closed by previewing the focus of hearings to come in July, calling the January 6th mob attack on the Capitol Trump's backup plan of stopping the transfer of power if he couldn't get away with a political coup. We are going to show how Donald Trump tapped into the threat of violence, how he summoned a mob to Washington, and how, after corruption and political pressure failed to keep Donald Trump in office, violence became the last option. Here's Representative Adam Kinzinger talking about all the people who asked for pardons. The only reason I know to ask for a pardon is because you think you've committed a crime. Also speaking yesterday was Richard Donahue of the Justice Department during his time with uh, during Trump's time as president. Uh, here's Richard Donahue talking about how when Donald Trump asked uh, if he could put Jeffrey Clark in as acting attorney general, what would happen to the rest of the staff? I said, Mr. President, within 24, 48, 72 hours, you could have hundreds and hundreds of resignations of the leadership of your entire Justice Department because of your actions. What's that going to say about you? So let me just say a little bit about Jeffrey Clark. Jeffrey Clark was an environmental lawyer who had never uh, who had never done a criminal case before in his life. He had and no experience to run the Justice through Department. Through back channels, he had communicated to the Trump administration, if you name me acting attorney general, this was after Barr stepped down. And Barr had testified to the January 6th commission. He stepped down because he was not going to go along with the with the election lies. So he's out. Jeffrey Clark communicates through back channels. If you make me the attorney general, I will put out a statement saying that we have found evidence of fraud. That right. was his pitch. You know. Well, this Wednesday, FBI officials raided Jeffrey Clark's home 
where he was left out in his pajamas while they collected electronic devices. That was just this past Wednesday. So it looks like federal uh, criminal uh, indictments might be coming. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration announced Thursday that it's taking Juul Labs e-cigarettes and other products off the market. The decision comes after the federal health agency completed a nearly two-year review of the manufacturer's application to sell its vaping device and tobacco and menthol-flavored pods. FDA Commissioner Robert M. Califf said in a statement that the decision is further progress on the FDA's commitment to ensuring that all e-cigarettes and electronic nicotine delivery systems currently being marketed to consumers meet our public health standards. Also noting that products from Juul and other companies make up a significant part of the available products, and many have played a disproportionate role in the rise of youth vaping. Juul- so, so they're saying that smoking a vaping a Juul might be bad for your health, so we're going to take them off the market. But cigarettes are still on the market. Not f- Well not flavored ones they've taken those so there's been several rulings on nicotine and tobacco in the past several years including a movement away from any uh flavored or what could be construed as uh like kid-like flavors cherries grape that they kind still of stuff. have that in the form of like little mini cigars though they i still I, have all kinds i of think flavors. all those are being considered for getting being getting rid of I remember when they were pitching the e-cigarette, the vaping was supposed to be a healthier alternative to smoking. In fact, uh, we ran commercials that I I kind of had a problem with that were implying that it was a good way to quit smoking was by switching to e-cigarettes. I remember. I, I even tried that. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the originals better. Um, the Senate voted Thursday to cut off debate on a gun safety bill crafted Amid an uptick in shootings across the U.S., 15 Republicans sided with all 50, 50 members of the Democratic caucus to clear the procedural hurdle, setting the chamber on a path to pass the legislation by the end of the week. If cleared by Congress, the package will be the first major piece of federal gun reform in almost 30 years. The House will need to pass the measure before it can be signed into law, though. The Senate vote comes on the same day that the U.S. Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to three to strike down a century-old New York state law that requires gun owners to show proper cause or a specific need to carry a handgun in public. The case is widely seen as a test to whether there's a fundamental right to carry a concealed gun outside the home in public for self-defense. I, th- I thought this was interesting that they both happen on the same day. It's like, hey, we got to do something to, you know, make these school, these mass shootings less likely to happen at the same time the Supreme Court. Basically, what they're telling the state of New York is you can't have a law on the books in your state, even if it's 100 years old, that supersedes the Constitution. The Constitution says you have the right to bear arms uh, is how they... You know What What about f- grenades? Do I have a right to hold, like, bear grenades? Are they arms? Are they? It makes me think of all the Westerns where somebody's riding into town and the the sheriff meets him on the outskirts. He goes, all right, boys, y'all are welcome to the saloon and the whorehouse, but you need to relinquish your weapon. <laughs> like, that was a common thing mm-hmm. that you would see in old westerns. They could have just said, I got the Second Amendment on my side, mister. I can take my gun wherever I want to. So they had, like, hey, if you're going to come into Dodge or you're going to come into Tombstone, you got to... I think that's actually in the movie Tombstone at one point. Why it makes sure that everybody's unarmed or disarmed when they come into town. Mm-hmm. Well, here's President Joe Biden talking about uh, how he felt about the new 
Supreme Court decision? It's a bad decision. I think it's, and I think it's not reasoned accurately, but I'm disappointed. Also, Senator Kristen Gillibrand of New York had uh, something to say about the new gun bill that just came out of the Senate. This bill will um, strengthen our red flag laws and amplify them. It will strengthen our background check system. It will provide the first ever federal trafficking laws. I think this bill is necessary. I think it's important, and I think it's a great first step. Well, the National Labor Relations Board is accusing Starbucks of using illegal tactics against workers trying to unionize their stores. The board filed a petition this week in U.S. District Court in western New York calling on Starbucks to reinstate seven Buffalo workers they claim were illegally fired for trying to start a union. It also calls for Starbucks to negotiate with a store whose union election they say was harmed by anti-union efforts. The board is accusing Starbucks of using an array of illegal tactics to discourage union activity at its stores. Starbucks says the claims are false and they are prepared to defend the case. This is the third time the National Labor Relations Board has taken Starbucks to court for union-busting activity just since December. What is going on with unions at Starbucks? <laughs> You're a big uh, union guy, aren't you? I'm an anti-union guy. Anti-union guy. Yeah, but it's only because of stuff that happened when I was a kid. Yeah, no, because you grew up having to... See unions. My, da- my dad was a factory manager, so he was like, hat, one collar was blue and the other collar was white. So right. he was really in the middle of this. And his fa- the factory, uh, this company that he worked for, was trying to unionize back when my brother and I were kids. And, you know, I guess my dad was seen as kind of the front line of the, the white collar, you know, mm-hmm. management. And he would get, like, death threats, phone calls in the middle of the night. I had to figure this out because my mother would never tell us what it was. And my dad wouldn't tell us specifically what they said. But I can remember one night we were walking out of a store. And a couple of guys stopped my dad. And he tells us to go on ahead. But I guess what they had done was they were threatening our lives because they wanted to go union. And my dad's position was always, okay, uh, the union, the ones that are so strong in the union are invariably the worst workers, the ones who take too much time off or don't call in. That was his position. So it's always kind of colored my opinion of unions was that they were the, they were the worst employees or the ones who want to unionize because they, they're, they're the, they're not the hardest workers. Um, wow. Breaking news. The Supreme court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Well, that's going to be a big story. Why don't we take a break here and gather that up? So that just came down. That just came Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Four minutes ago. Uh, four minutes ago. So history in the making. The Supreme Court has overturned the longstanding uh, Supreme Court decision of Roe versus Wade. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We have more of the buzz. Well, there's some... Uh, Pretty earth-shaking news going on. The Supreme Court has just uh, overturned Roe v. Wade, so we'll want to get back into news coming up in just a few minutes. But we also have a big comedy show that's coming tomorrow to the Plaza Theater, the Latin Kings of Comedy. We have one of the OGs, one of the original Latin Kings, Joey Medina. Good morning, Joey. Woo! 
Good morning, guys. How's it going? Fantastic. It seems like you were just here a few weeks ago, but right? you're going to be back tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. But this time I'm coming back with a team. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, so let me share this with you. We had Paul on either yesterday or the day before. And when we had Paul Rodriguez uh-huh. on, somehow Nico kind of finagled his way into getting some stage time with the Latin Kings. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Who told you about it? Nico. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't even finagle. It was Buzz doing it. And, you know, I, I honestly just wanted to go to the green room and say hi to everybody. But, um... Wait, you think you think I am the one who... Yeah, you were like, hey, what? Paul. Maybe hey, Paul, Paul was just being uh, nice. Okay. But, Joey, what, is it, what does it feel like for you to come back after 20 years? Um, feels good, you know. And the thing is this. It's, it's one of those things that, that once it happened, it really can't happen again. It's, it's, so it's, ne- it's, you know, it's, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's very historical, maybe, you know what I mean? Like this, the Latin Kings of Comedy actually played first in movie theaters. A lot of people don't remember that, but mm-hmm. it, was mo- it was movie theaters before it was ever on television. So, you know, very, very few comics in, in you know, in, in this business have ever played in the movie theater. You know, mm-hmm. we've got, obviously, you know, you've got, you know, Richard Pryor, um, I think Martin, Martin Lawrence. Eddie Murphy, um, don't forget Kevin those. Hart, Eddie, Murphy, Eddie Murphy was big. Murphy. Gabriel Iglesias recently. You know, Gabriel. Yeah, that, I don't know if that played in the theater. I don't know. It did. Yeah, Gabriel's the concert theater. movie played in theaters. Oh, then that's great. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's such a big. That's a because it's funny when you watch when you're in a movie theater and you're watching people watching you. It feels very awkward. Right. You know, it's very. It's like oh my god. It's like I don't know. It's just it's kind of weird, but it feels good. And, you so know, and El Paso is always great. You guys know that. You know, I, I love going to El Paso. And El Paso has some of the best audiences in the world, man. And um, so, anytime you're doing a, anytime I either you know I work at when I when I'm at the comic strip, which I love, my favorite club, or when I'm at you know when we're doing a theater show, man, it's always it's always amazing, and I love it. Well, El Paso loves you, Joey. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Were there a lot of other comics? Because we were we we're trying to piece together. I didn't go to the show back in. 2002, although I'd gone to some of the casting stuff leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And so the when we think of the Latin Kings of Comedy, we're thinking Joey Medina, Paul Rodriguez, George Lopez, Cheech, and Alex Raimundo. Were there other Correct. comics that performed that night? Because Nico is swearing that he thinks Felipe Esparza might have been part of that when he was really young, but as a well, not not like not for the show, not for the recorded show, but there were other comics on the show, weren't there? There were two other comics on the show, and they were both female. Oh. And, um, so yeah, so so yeah, they were they weren't uh, you know part of the Latin Kings of Comedy. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but those are the only two other comics that were okay. Because we shot we shot we did four shows all together, and then obviously um, they edited they edited them together to make that one, one final right. one. But uh, yeah, so it was four shows, and it was great. And every show was sold out. It was packed. You know, we were here for an entire week. We were, we went to the children's hospital to meet the kids. We, we did so many things, and it was such a great event. You know, and um, it's one of those once in a lifetime type of things, and that's why El Paso is always, always in my heart, man. Because it's, it's you know, my career started there. My one of the biggest things that ever happened in my career was there. 
a lot of things. You know, the the first threesome was there. Everything. Do you keep in touch with those dudes? Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> I meant your threesome. <laughs> oh, the threesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. No, they're probably, yeah, no. Not, no, I don't, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you remember from that week that you spent in El Paso? Was was Paul in town the entire week? Was Cheech in town most of the week? Yeah, everybody was in town. Uh, Cheech had his birthday that week. I remember that because we, we all celebrated his birthday. So that oh, was nice. And, um, and you know, and I remember just all the lowriders that were involved and like the city was like, this was, wasn't just an event. It was like, it, it was a mega event because it was the entire city was involved and, um, it was just incredible, you know, and it, and the, the set was beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of famous people came down for that show. Um, you know, and it was just, uh, you know, Gloria Stefan was there. A lot of people, oh, Gloria wow. Stefan's son was actually was actually the DJ on stage. No way. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, the DJ on stage, and that was fun. And, you know, it was just, and for, for Alex and I especially, you know, who, who were the least least known people, we knew this was a big thing. We knew, it was, you know, they, they took us from the minor leagues and brought us to the major leagues. And uh, I knew as a, as a filmmaker that this was going to be huge. Wow. And, that, you know, I just told myself, okay, i got to rise to the occasion after this. And, and you know, I, I hope I did. I think I did. You know, so, but um, yeah, and it was just beautiful. So to, to come back and be and to do this, and even though it's Paul and I the, the only original ones from mm -hmm. the original show, um, the other comics are just great. You know, they're they're just amazing. Some some of my best friends, and um, and you know, it's, it's good to be in that city, man. And, and you... I want everyone to come down and check it out because it's just going to be a hell of a show. It is. Paul was telling us about the fallout, like, uh, you know, they sued one of what, the producers. The producers, uh, well, he says that George sued oh, yeah. Paul, Paul sued George back. This almost sounds like a like the history of the Beatles. George sued Paul, and then Paul sued George. Are you, are you, uh, were you in on all that? Uh, and Paul said he never made any money out of it. Nobody ever made any money out of the original Lad Kings. I don't know about the money. I just know an Asian girl did break us up. So it very much was like the Beatles. You know, yeah, Paul, George, much. Ringo, and Joey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. Um, yeah, the money, The money. I don't know, because I know I was supposed to make more money than, than I made, um, but I, I didn't care because I knew... You know, I knew that was going to change my life and mm -hmm. it was going to change my life financially. I was, I went from making, you know, $1,000 a show to making $10,000 a show. And, you know, sometimes wow. doing two shows, two shows in a, in a weekend or four shows in a weekend. And, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to be good. I may not make money necessarily from the Latin Kings, but I'm going to make money from, you know, from, from the exposure that it gives me. And the funny thing was, I, I knew this the show was going to be huge mm -hmm. when I went down to downtown L.A., and I saw them selling bootleg versions before they <laughs> before it even hit the theater. I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. This is a good. Sign. This is a good sign. They're pirating our stuff already. <laughs> yeah. This bodes well. And I, and I and I and I'll be honest. I bought one because I because <laughs> I, I had no copies. I didn't have a copy to show people. You know what I mean? So. Um, so I'm like, all right, this is my way to get a copy. On that original show, did a, did Paul Rodriguez come on stage in a low rider, or am I misunderstanding what happened? 
No, he did. I believe he came on stage in the lower. That's right. I, was I telling you that? Yeah, you. I think you were the one telling me that he came on stage in a low rider in the Abraham Chavez. Yeah. I watched it originally with my whole family in our in our living room and with my grandma, my grandpa, and um, I remember that it. I think I don't know if I told you this, Joey, last time you were here, but I think I told Alex that when Alex and Joey's uh, material came on, that my grandma had to leave the room because <laughs> it was too dirty it for them. Too, it was too dirty for grandma. For grandma. How about grandpa? Uh, but my grandpa loved it. Yeah, we we all loved it. So it's a, it's a very special memory for me and my family. Is the plan still that you're taking your grandpa I am. to the show? Tomorrow? I'm taking my grandpa. Yep. Have you told him that you believe if everything not, if the no. stars align that you're going to get to get you get some stage time? I, I I just was going to say come enjoy the show. Let's just enjoy the show. Okay, but how blown away is he going to be if they actually let you on stage, uh, dude? It's like it would be a dream. It's a dream. It's, I, I I honestly I, I I wouldn't know what. So, well, I'm very much against it. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm very opposed. But it would be good to see Joey because Joey, uh, such a regular here, and you know I feel like you come to this area pretty uh, frequently. Like you've been uh, in New Mexico in the past couple weeks too. So it's uh, yeah. Last week we were, we did it. We did a great show in Las Cruces. Right, that was fun, man. Oh, were you were you there with Alex and Paul? Yes. Okay, so Joey and, uh, Joey's back uh, for the show this weekend. Right. And, well, that's great, you know, because they're really two different cities. So. They really yeah, no, you really, totally really. You both have burgers, but you're <laughs> Alex had said he was gonna he was gonna come back like every month or every other month. What what did he say? Alex Ramondo said yeah, once he's a month he's gonna be in town doing a show at that venue and bringing in uh, other comics to come in and showcase them too. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a really it's, a, it's the Amador and it's a beautiful venue, mm-hmm. great great place. Like. It really surprised me. I haven't seen anything like that. And um, so I was really impressed. And it was, it was a, you know, outdoor venue. It's it's great. And, um, you know, it's funny. A lot of the people there were like, hey, man, we're going to catch you guys next week in El Paso, the Plaza Theater. I'm like, yeah, definitely show up, you know. Because oh, cool. especially me, my set's always a little different. You know, I'm always doing different material, writing new stuff all, like, every day. So, you know, um, and Paul's stuff is all new and Paul's been doing so well, and he, you know, ever since his heart attack, he's just he's just a different human being, like oh, wow. in, yeah, in a Paul, positive, in a, in a in a better way, you know. Paul told us when did we did we talk to Paul yesterday. Wednesday? Well, yesterday, Paul told us he had a real health scare. He didn't think he was going to make it there for a while. No, it's true, and it's um, you know, sometimes Paul says that he's been saying that for twenty years. But this time, he really means it. <laughs> it's actually true this time. Like yeah. he has he has a doctor's note to prove that it's true this time. Yes, yes. Here, I want to play. Yeah. I want to play one call for you, Joey, and I just want to get your reaction. So I hope you're able to hear the call here. I just want to play it for you. What's going on, Money Show, Nico? Nico, you cannot be part of the Latin Kings of Comedy. There's no way. First of all. You're circumcised, so that's you're already out of the what? out of the loop, brother. Everybody knows Latin people, true Mexicans, are not circumcised. Is that true? That's written in the Constitution. It says it's written in the Constitution. I think it was by Pancho Villa, or maybe it was El Wapo from Three Amigos. I don't know which one. But one. <laughs> anyway, the argument there is there's no way Nico can be a, a Latin king because he's circumcised. I don't think that's true. Is that true? Listen, unless 
Unless you, you start trying to grow it back for tomorrow. That, I mean, <laughs> as long as you're making a good faith effort. Yes. And then we, have to, and then we all have to look and inspect it. You're probably just going to have to whip it out on stage, you know, really to get past security. Or, I mean, if you want to, I mean, now you didn't hear this from me, but if you stick a, a, a small aardvark in your pants, <laughs> and, well, nobody, 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 nobody will know the difference. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, Joe. Get a mole, yeah. you know, like a garden. Mole. I have a mole. Yeah. All right. Listen, Joey, thanks for uh, joining us. We talked to Johnny Sanchez earlier. He, yeah. he was great. Paul's sounds great. So it's going to be a big show tomorrow. And Nico is checking on tickets. There there are a few more tickets for sale, but not many of them. No, they're getting pretty expensive. So, uh, But go ahead and get your tickets. It'll be worth it because you're getting so much comedy. Bang for your buck. That's mm-hmm. what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah, it's really going to be a great show, and it's going to be awesome, and uh, everyone's going to get to see uh, Nico's penis, so it's perfect. <laughs> All right, thanks, Joey. Can't wait to see you, Joey. We'll see you soon. Hey, love you guys. All right, love you too. Bye, bye. There's Joey Medina, one of the original kings of comedy. The OG. I, I I even posted this, like, do they jump you in like the normal Latin kings? Because the Latin kings are a gang as well as... So the Latin Kings of Comedy ought to have to jump you in, but it should just be like insults. Yeah. Like it's all verbal. You just have to sit there. It's like a roast. Right. Maybe they should start doing that. It's like once we do it, that big head came out of your mom. Yeah. But once you're in, you're in for life, I say. All right, so some pretty big news uh, happening. The Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, which had been kind of law of the land for 50 years, almost 50 years. And we're going to take a break. I'm going to have... I'm going to have tickets for Blue October to give away, but I've also got tickets before the end of the show today for Aaron Jones and his twin brother Alvin. They're having a celebrity charity softball game. That's tonight at... uh, Southwest University Park where the Chihuahuas play. And there are going to be a lot of NFL stars. Quentin Demps is going to be part of it. Will Hernandez, uh, former Cardinals quarterback John Skelton, who went to Burgess, and many others. So we're going to have a lot of uh, current and former professional athletes, including the Packers star running back Aaron Jones. And we're going to have tickets to that, a four-pack for the family to give away. Let's take a break and we've got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show coming up right after this. Morning Rock with Buzz Adam. Alright, we're going to have to uh, kind of rearrange the way we had everything scheduled because we got to get back into news. Not every day that you can say oh, this was this will be a historic day. Mm-hmm. This no, is this one. Is- the Historic. Uh, Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, which doesn't come as a huge surprise. I mean, we've been talking about it for over a month now, but let's find out what else is going on. Get back into news headlines with Nico Ajimian. Thank you, Buzz. As you just heard, the Supreme Court this Friday ruled to overturn Roe v. Wade and the fundamental right to abortion that has been the law for almost 50 years. The court ruled 6-3 to in an opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito. The court upheld a Mississippi law that bans all abortions past 15 weeks, with very few medical exceptions. The court also overturned Roe v. Wade and Casey v. Planned Parenthood, two landmark decisions legalizing abortions nationwide. 
Alito also wrote the bombshell draft opinion leaked to the public earlier this year. The three liberal justices, as you would imagine, dissented. Samuel Alito wrote that the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion, stating it is ultimately up to the states to regulate abortion access. Abortion presents a profound moral question, Alito wrote. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. The court overrules those decisions and returns that authority to the people and their elected representatives. You know, there's a uh, there's a political theory that holds that the most important thing that a president does and the thing that has the most impact on the country and has the most long-term effects is appointing justices Justice. to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at it from, well, that's that's the most effect that a president could have. During Trump's presidency, you're getting six to three votes on things like this. You're kind of getting, you know, they struck down New York law that says you can't carry a concealed weapon. And they've struck down Roe v. Wade. Uh, conservatives getting a lot of what they had wanted for a long time because of Trump's Supreme Court appointees. It was absolutely the smartest thing that Republicans did. And I really, I wouldn't necessarily give the credit all to Trump. It was mostly Mitch McConnell. If Mitch Mc- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this, was, this was not, Trump do, didn't know who to appoint. He was just going on who he was being well, advised to appoint. Even then, Mitch McConnell was uh, essential in uh, prolonging the replacement of Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, right. who was supposed to have been Democratic. There was an idea that Merrick Garland, a lame duck president, isn't supposed to name uh, a Supreme Court justice. And Mitch McConnell somehow successfully made that argument, and that would have been Merrick Garland. So that, that's the also current how they AG got, is who would have been the Supreme Court justice. So you would have had a much much tighter vote on all of these issues right. if Mitch McConnell hadn't subverted. Uh, Obama's pick for the Supreme Court, right? And and he's the kind of the 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 mastermind of of r- not ram well ramming through judges uh, in the federal court system um, as well as the the Supreme Court. So they won, I guess. Well, Johnny Depp's attorney Camille Vasquez is being called Wonder Woman after helping a man who had a medical emergency on an American Airlines flight from Los Angeles to New York. The elderly man collapsed and hit his head right near Camille's first-class seat, and she and her bodyguard jumped into action. She called her brother-in-law on the phone, a doctor, who walked her through how to check to see if the man had a heart attack or brain bleed, and then the bodyguard put his Apple Watch on the man to monitor his heartbeat. A surgeon on board then took over, while the flight turned back to Los Angeles Airport, where emergency staff took the man to a hospital. For her efforts, a flight attendant gifted Camille Vasquez a bottle of wine and a bottle of champagne. Give these to Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> and so the legend of Camille grows. I can see her getting her own TV show someday. Yeah. The fact that she has to travel with a bodyguard, too. I wonder if she traveled with a bodyguard before the Johnny Depp case. It's hard to imagine. It's, it's hard to imagine. Know. The Russian comedy duo who have successfully pranked Kamala Harris and Prince Harry are at it again. Vovon and Lexis actually got J.K. Rowling to do a Zoom call interview about her charity work in Ukraine. They kept their cameras off as they pretended to be Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky. 
At one point, the duo asked the Harry Potter author if Dumbledore was really gay and who he slept with, adding that it was hopefully not with a transgender, a reference to Rowling's transphobia scandal. Well, are these guys Russian? So are th- they're Russian? Are they so they're comedians fans or critics of Putin? I wonder. They're still alive, so they I must assume. not be, and they live in Russia. Yeah. Okay, so they prank J.K. Rowling. And who did Dumbledore sleep with? Hopefully not a transgender. And they were supposed to be Zelensky the whole time? Yeah. Well, did she get that it was a prank at that point? Or did Uh, they have to say, here's how the conversation goes. I have the interview, but I don't know if uh, if it's clean. So I'm not going to play it. Okay. But you can find it for yourself. It's really cringy. Talking to President Zelensky, J.K., it's not really. <laughs> JK. Rolling? <laughs> you know, like, just kidding. <laughs> Joanna is out. You've been bonked. <laughs> no, no. You've been what? Bonked. Oh, punked. <laughs> JK. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect Joanna to get it. She did not even know what a himbo is. I did not know what a himbo was. I'm amazed Buzz knew what a himbo is. Yeah, me too. Well, Buzz is kind of a himbo. Is he? Yeah. No, he's not. Well, you got to be hunky, though. I'm like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> oh, that got her to laugh. All right. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it takes, I guess. David Spade pays attention to social media. Burger King employee Kevin Ford went viral this week when he showed off the company goodie bag he got for 27 years of service there. 27 years without ever missing a day. Wow. 27 years in a row without missing a shift. He should get to run Burger King. Welcome, Kevin. Did you see the video of his goodie bag? It's like Skittles and it's got... Uh, Not even anything good. No, it was like real crappy. Well, Kevin Ford is such a good guy. He said he was just grateful. But the gifts looked like they just grabbed stuff that was laying around and added it to a bag. Lifesavers candy was part of it. So, yeah. So, this is... Right. It was like everybody... give a, like, a gift card? Every, they, there was some kind of gift card, but it was like to, a $5 Starbucks card or something. To I a Five Guys. They don't even have a Five Guys where they live. Well, a GoFundMe was started at Ford, and Ford's daughter let him know that someone named David Spade donated $5,000 to his GoFundMe. The BK employee couldn't believe it. But sure enough, David Spade DM'd him on Instagram. The two joked back and forth, which you'd expect from the comedian. The GoFundMe has reached $30,000 so far, and Ford says he'll use it to buy a Ford hybrid and visit his daughters and grandkids in Texas. Well, here is the Burger King employee who got a lackluster goodie bag. You can't even really call it a swag bag. It needs to have more swag than that to be a swag bag. Uh, But here he is talking about how grateful he is. Also, uh, his GoFundMe has received over 30000 in donations. The love that people are giving me is just so overwhelming. I just want to thank everyone. I'm grateful for anything. I don't want to say I want this or that. All I want is to go to work and have fun and make everybody's uh, life better. Like they're doing to me, life is good. So as long as you're here, you know, it's good. Wow. That actually made me kind of emotional. So we have a couple of prizes to give away. 
John is going to have entertainment news headed our way in just a few moments. Let's get a look at El Paso weekend weather. We are just about to get the weekend started in a few hours. And our weekend forecast is brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. Partly cloudy today, maybe a 10% chance of showers. We'll put it at a 10 to 15% chance of afternoon showers. Otherwise, 95 for the high temperature. It looks like mid-90s are going to be our top temperatures for the weekend. Mid-90s on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, the most chance of rain is probably on Saturday afternoon. Looking at about a 25% coverage area chance of rain for Saturday afternoon. But also some rain possibly popping up. Sunday afternoon, we'll put that around 15%. And mid-90s for high temperatures. Uh, looks like some scattered showers for uh, next week. El Paso weather is brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. They're having a big party. It's a red, white, and bruise party coming up uh, on July the 2nd. So that's the Saturday before 4th of July. Gates open at 4 o'clock. It is free to enter at Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course at 12,000 McCombs. Bring the whole family. It's going to be a family atmosphere with jumping balloons and games for the kids. But there's going to be stuff for grown-ups, too. Music from Damien Isaac and Redemption. Vendors, hamburgers, hot dogs, brews. It is red, white, and brews, after all. And Dead Beach Brewery is going to be there. You can taste some of their... Uh, El Paso made craft beer. Very cool. With our friends from Dead Beach Brewery. Red, White, and Brews Festival at Painted Dunes 12,000 McCombs. That's coming up a week from Saturday at Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. Don't forget you can set up your tee times and reservations all online at paintedunes.com. Are you going to be golfing that day? <sighs> July the 2nd. No, I think I'm <clears throat> I think I'm out of town oh, yeah. next weekend. That's the plan anyway. If I weren't I'd be out there. Yeah, you would. At the Red, White, and Brews party. Uh, let me see what else. Look at all the protests going on. Yeah, you got protesters on both sides. I think uh, you, you, they're showing uh, a multiple screen there. You've got protesters that are clearly protesting against the Supreme Court decision to strike down Roe v. Wade. And then I think you've also got counter-protesters that they're showing. I, it just makes me wonder, okay, well... In the 70s, before Roe v. Wade, I mean, th there was a problem with back alley abortions. I mean, that's that's really what the law was intended to do, was give women a safe space to be able to do this and not have to do it, you know, secretly. I think it depended, uh, and this is before my time, but I think it depended on what part of the country you were in. If you were in a country that had a more relaxed liberal view toward those sort of things, you could get legal abortions if you lived in country... Uh, or states rather in the South and the Midwest, it was probably much more difficult. Well, I just hope that it wouldn't ever be a case where, you know, uh, women who are pregnant that feel desperate have to turn to desperate measures. Uh, we will see what the fruits of this are because you're going to have it uh, returning to the state. I think it'll be, you know, if you're in California, you're probably going to find it a lot easier to obtain that kind of uh, medical procedure than if you live in Alabama or Mississippi yep. or Texas. You know, Texas, I think, comes out on the side. I mean, Texas had already been making some historic moves toward uh, making it very, very difficult to get uh, abortion, an abortion in the state of Texas. So we're definitely on the 
you know, think of it, I guess you could almost think of it as red and blue or, or red state. It's probably going to be really hard. Uh, Missouri also, Oklahoma, had passed some very strict stuff. So when it goes to the state, you see there you got people celebrating. So obviously those are anti-abortion people. I think I see one sign that says, peace out, Roe v. Wade. Just don't get pregnant. Is that your advice? <clears throat> no, that's not my advice. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't want to have a baby, don't get pregnant. Before we get to entertainment news, Amazon Alexa may soon be able to imitate dead family members, and they showed this during a TED talk, and people were creeped out, calling it like a real life Black, Black Mirror. Mirror episode. Probably Ugh. that one with Domhnall Gleeson, where. Mm-hmm. He's dead, but they keep sending upgrades and it gets better and better until it's like basically it's just she's talking to her dead her dead husband. Mm-hmm. Did you see that episode? Mm-hmm. If, you need to go watch all the black. I've videos, seen yeah. uh, most of the seasons. There, there's kind of spot. It's a spotty record, I'd say. Here's the way it would work. Alexa will only need to listen to audio of the deceased talking for one minute. So if you're thinking, oh, I've got to have. Audio, you know, hours and hours, reams and reels of audio of uh, of my deceased loved one speaking. They just need to hear audio of the deceased person talking for one minute, like from a voicemail. And it will be able to recreate their voice. Then you would be able to say anything. Uh, you can ask them to talk to you and it would sound like your deceased loved one. And they do give an example of what it would sound like. This uh, it's not great, such a great example because I don't know how much it sounds, sounds like, like the, the original, original person, person yeah. right? It's just like, hey, here's a random person's grandma. Uh, let me bring this up. Yeah, here you go. A new fat feature would allow you to speak to the dead. Here's an example from an Amazon. I, Correct myself, it was not a TED Talk. It was an Amazon event where they displayed it. And they said that in the crowd, some people were repulsed Ew. by what they were seeing. Gross. And some people thought it was the most amazing thing they'd ever seen. Alexa, can Grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? Okay. But how about my courage? Ask the lion anxiously. You have plenty of courage, I am sure, answered Oz. All you need is confidence in yourself. So you just have to imagine, how would you feel if that were your late mother or grandmother or, you know, whoever it might mm-hmm. be? And, you know, that's Would that that's freak you out? Here. I don't know. Like I say, it's hard for me to judge because I don't know the voice here. Mm-hmm. Like, do we I don't really know that's his grandma? Yeah, how do we really know how much it sounds like or that, you know, it's not just your voice. It's also your... You know, things you choose to say and Certain the way words. you say them and the cadence that I, you have. I really have to hear. Although, did you know that during this Obi-Wan series on Disney Plus, <laughs> one of the things they've been asking comes about, full circle, Joanna. Yeah. One of the things that a lot of people are like, whose voice is that is Darth Vader? Because the credit says it's James Earl Jones. But James Earl Jones is no longer with us. And it doesn't sound like he recorded these lines specifically for this because when Rogue One was out, you know, Darth Vader was in that James, that was James Earl Jones' voice, but it was obviously a much older man's, you know, it was James Earl Jones. He was almost 90 years old mm-hmm. at the time. There's, 
some kind of technology that they're using so that they can make James Earl Jones' voice say whatever they want Darth Vader to say. So I don't know if it's connected to this Hmm. program, but... So in the Black Mirror episode, and I don't remember the name of the episode, but Domhnall Gleeson was the, the deceased husband... And it was basically, well, you can you can hear his voice. And then they upgraded it. It's like, well, it's a little better. It, it, over the course of the episode, it kept getting better and better until it was basically... Until it's a like, dude. Yeah, you're, you're talking uh, to the... Per- I guess we're probably still a long way away from that. But if you are a fan of Black Mirror, they announced that they are going to do another season. It had sounded like for a while that they were... Didn't the creator say, "Oh, it's it too much of it has become reality. I can't do it anymore." Right. I think Joanna, you had a story about that. About what? About the Black Mirror coming. Well, the it reason was, that it was this. The the reason that they stopped doing Black Mirror, like last year or two years ago, the the produ- the guy who created Black Mirror said they weren't going to do oh, it. Oh, because the pandemic had just begun, and they were like, "Oh, everything's." It's too dark right now in the actual world right. to, for us to even start writing about. That the actual world seems messed up enough. Right, and they didn't want to put that kind of... Juju. Yeah, on the, us. There's a Netflix movie with Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller right now called Spiderhead that is very much like an hour and a half You were telling me about it right now, and I kind of want like I actually want to go home to see it. So if you miss Black Mirror, I would almost say you watch this, and it's like you're watching an episode of Black Mirror. So I watched some of that. I got that recommendation from a listener who said I should check it out. So thank you uh, for whoever sent that in to me. I appreciate. Let's go to uh, entertainment news. It's time to get our Hollywood notes and news from Joanna Barbie. Good morning, Joanna. Right. Looks like Joanna has uh, taken a phone call, which is something that happens from time to time it because does. we are... We're we three are understaffed. We are undermanned. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Joanna. Oh, what's up? I was just going to say, how about we do the entertainment? Oh, news? yeah, let's go for it. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Um, somebody mentioned that you said uh, the voice of Darth Vader's dead. Is James Earl Jones not dead? No, he's not. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay. Oh, he but... died in Coming to America too. <laughs> That's what had. No, honest, honest to God. My brain paused for a moment, and I asked myself, is, is, James Earl, is James Earl Jones dead? And it said, yes, you saw his funeral. But that was... And your brain was like, yes, you saw the funeral. That was, Why was Eddie Murphy there? That again? was the king of Zamunda who passed away. I am so sorry. If I seemed a little bit like I wasn't paying attention, it's because people were calling. I am so sorry. And I'm and over I, here like, Googling like, wait. Wait. Is, I, is he alive? I kind of wanted to be like that. James Earl Jones is dead. I, but. I, I apologize <laughs> to the great but not late James Earl Jones. So maybe they did him. use his voice? No, no, no. Because oh, my God. Rogue One came out like five years ago, and already his voice was, was weaker. You know, as you get older, your your voice changes. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> I am sorry. I am not trying to put James Earl you Jones in a I am sorry. Not dead. Go- oh my god! That's I got a go- googling him. One of the first things that comes up is, is James Earl Jones dead. not dead yet. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. Oh, that was great! Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we have on sure, the uh, yeah, let's get- entertainment news today? <laughs> <laughs> 
Disney is making a TV show based on the Christmas movie classic, The Santa Claus. The Disney Plus show titled The Santa Clauses will revisit Scott Kelvin as played by Tim Allen on his 65th birthday where he realizes he can't keep up this Santa Claus shtick forever. So he sets up <laughs> to find a replacement. Oh, he's got to he's got to fall off a roof and die, right? <laughs> and arose such a clatter. Ah, yes, yeah. yes. Disney unveiled the first look at the new series on Twitter. The image spotlights the cast of the Santa Clauses, offering fans their first peek at Tim Allen back in character. Oh, look at that. Look how much Disney is trying to cancel Tim Allen. Can we put to rest the idea that Tim Allen got canceled because of his political viewpoint? Right. Mm Because that's been going around because he's not the voice of Buzz Lightyear in this movie. The flock, basically. Oh my God! I think it did. No, he's still. No, he's, he's still, still very making much part, stuff with Disney. Yep, he's very much a big part of the Disney Plus family. Alan is joined by his returning co-star Elizabeth Mitchell, who is reprising her role as Carol slash Mrs. Claus. The Santa Clauses will also feature Cal Penn. A release date for the Santa Clauses is still unknown, but it seems very likely that Disney Plus will aim to debut the series around the holidays. How about Bernard the Elf? Is Bernard the <gasps> no, Elf? No, Bernard the Hot Elf is not coming back. You mean David Crumholtz? Yes. Him. Oh, what about Judge Reinhold? No, I don't think so either. He played the, the oh, stepdad. Oh, he was the stepdad. stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> what about Charlie? There is no Charlie either. There's like some guy in the picture, but that's not Charlie. The little kid. How about Martin Short as Jack Frost? <laughs> Santa Claus 3 was a banger, guys. I'm telling you right now. Well, Santa Claus 2 Santa was not great. <laughs> Santa Claus 3 was, was awesome. I love Santa Claus 2. I don't know why the critics hated it, and I don't know why it underperformed at the box office, it's but it was Martin awesome. Short. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy says that Obi-Wan Kenobi season two is a very real possibility. In an interview with E.T., Kennedy says that Lucasfilm is open to the idea of expanding Obi-Wan Kenobi beyond a single season. Although the project was initially considered to be a limited series, Kennedy says that if there's enough fan engagement with the show and enough desire for a second season, Lucasfilm would consider it. Obi-Wan Kenobi is not the first Disney Plus limited series to potentially evolve into a multi-season series similar to Kenobi. The Marvel series Moon Knight was also commissioned as a limited series. However, with the immense popularity and success of both shows, there have been rumors of second seasons being given to both. Was Moon Knight popular? Because I don't know a single person who said I really loved it. No, maybe people didn't love it, but everybody was watching it. It was like a car crash. (laughs) 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 Oh, no, no. It's not the worst thing that Marvel's done even this month, Morbius was much worse. Uh, Morbin time, <laughs> yeah. So if they do make a second season for Obi-Wan, they're going to come into problems because they're going to get to the first movie. They're going to get to A New Hope. They've where only Luke, got 10 years. They only have 10 years to fill stories Obi-Wan's with. Obi-Wan's his hair's got to start turning white before <laughs> too long, so he looks like Alec Guinness. Yeah. Nice. He's got to age 30 years somehow. Oh, the thing that you, the Morbin time, yes. so this is, I was reading an article on Cracked, <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, the old humor magazine from the wow. 70s has a website. <laughs> but uh, they were saying, okay, so the studio saw that this had become a meme, that, that Morbius had become a, an on, a viral meme. Uh-huh. So they brought the movie back into theaters, but nobody went to go see it. So they confused, oh, just because people are using it as a meme doesn't mean anybody wants to go see the movie. So they... They were saying that was a miscalculation by the studio. 
<laughs> you remember when it's like yes. Morbius is coming back to theaters? And everyone's like, it's Morbin time it, again. No, it was crickets. Uh, it was nothing Ooh, but crickets. it flopped once and then it flopped twice. Yeah, it, it's a movie that flopped twice within a, a span of two months. That's a double flop. <laughs> And finally, the Property Brothers would never. Yesterday, Netflix dropped a trailer for the new interior design show called How to Build a Sex Room, in which couples looking for more spice in the bedroom hire luxury interior designer Melanie Rose, a.k.a. the Mary Poppins of sex rooms, to create stylish stylish spaces where they can carry out any fantasy they wish. You've seen kitchen renovations and you've seen bathroom transformations, but you've never seen anything quite like this. In the trailer, Rose acknowledges the stigma surrounding sex rooms and listen to this adorable little... Uh, oh, you got a clip? Numbers. I do, yes. When people hear the word sex rooms, they concentrate on the word sex. And that connotates dirty, disgusting... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Don't give us some pussy tap. <laughs> but when I design them, they can be beautiful. No video games? No, we're not playing video games in here. Oh, You're going to play with your wife instead. <laughs> You're going to play with your Nobody wife. calls it a sex yeah. room. Everybody calls it a dungeon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> sex dungeon. Wait, yeah, I've okay. only seen one of the Fifty Shades of Grey, and I know that. Wait. <laughs> when did the it's bedroom awesome. not be a sex room? Is it not the same room? I, I guess it's not the same room because these no, rooms No, some people are... feel like they need a special room yeah. with swings what? and scaffolding, probably. I'm just scaffolding. trying to imagine. And this is, yes. that's what the lady helped set up? Lady yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't I go and design a sex room? Look at her. Okay, well, that looks like a bedroom. Look at that, that room. That looks like a Turkish harem. <laughs> Dude, you guys see a sex room? I see another room you're going to have to clean up. Right. That's just what if I only room. have a two-bedroom? <laughs> well, one is your bedroom and the other is it's... your sex room. No, I got a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to share like a closet as a sex room. Yeah. Some of these look very expensive and yet still tacky. Along with Rose, the video also introduces her seemingly butterfingered contractor, Mike, as well as several season one clients. But one that's of Mike there. I'm watching the video. I bet that dude's Mike. Which one did you say was Mike? The bald-headed guy. I think he's bald, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. They're doing that rope thing. The shibari. There we go. Shibari. I couldn't remember what it was called. She seems so adorable. Uh, there's also several season one clients and one who thanks Rose for saving her marriage. All eight episodes drop Friday, July 8th. Look at look at what she does to her contractor here. She's like, hey, I need you to try this out for me. Hey, hey, hey. Looks so great. Come on, off you go. <laughs> okay, this is weird to me for some reason. Well, with your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. Are you going to binge it like you did Snowflake Mountain? Well, I told Joanna yesterday, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I found two episodes I didn't see. And, uh, I yeah. S- and so when you had to- Boy, told you- us that you binged it, I was going to ask, well, who won the money in the end? Yeah, I didn't. You know what? I should have known that. You forgot that there was a money <laughs> there's a whole money thing. <laughs> These rooms look like they could range anywhere from 10000 to $50,000. It always creeps me out when there's like a big window. Because have you ever seen someone doing it with like a big window from a building no have you yes what on my way to the gay bars (laughs) you see people going to town like in their in front of the window or whatever so we're like gonna cross the street and there's all these people like at the crosswalk 
not walking and I'm all why is no one walking and then they're just going yeah and then we, they like point up and I look and I'm like oh did you get the, doing it up there is it a bird is it a plane did you get the feeling that the people didn't know they were being watched or that it was part no, of their kink. I totally feel like they knew they were being watched and right. they liked it and then I stayed there for the full five minutes <clears throat> the full five minutes well I guess I got there to the party late because there was like already people there so it was only like five minutes what I saw okay buzz and then everybody cheered at the end <laughs> and I was like yeah that was a good go everyone <laughs> standing ovation yeah okay Buzz, if you had gotten your mom Netflix an account and she saw this, would she watch this? No. I mean, I don't know what she would watch when I'm not around. But. <laughs> <laughs> you shudder to think. Although she really got into Severance yeah. on Apple TV, which was so... That's one of the weirdest shows. Mm-hmm. It's a real mind F. And my mom would stay with well, me for I like a it. month. I can't wait to see what she's even talking about. How do I sign up for oh, that Severance God. show? I'm like, you can't, you can't just pick one show to pay for. Well, mom, <laughs> you can watch Severance and How to Build a Sex Room. I'm gonna, I'm gonna direct her toward. Is it cake? I think that's more. Is of her. it cake? <laughs> I think is it cake is you more. Know, of I just couldn't tell if it was cake or not. They were really good. I couldn't tell which one was cake. How to build a? We section. also we we also got into like some HGTV where it's like unsellable houses, like the the houses that are the worst real estate mm-hmm. property. But and then they fix them up. To this sell. is kind of like an HGTV show. I I don't know if they fix them up. What they really do is just they give a prize for whoever's got the worst house, whether it's the design or the decoration. I forget what it's called, but. Also, when really got into that, and a lot of those had kind of like sex rooms. <laughs> really? Yeah. Not 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 even for a show. That was just it's theirs. That, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey influence. I was gonna say, when did that all? When did this all become? He, I think he called it his playroom, and then the girl in the movie goes, "What? Like your Xbox and stuff?" No. <laughs> He's like, no. No. Gosh, that's so weird. I'll I'll stick with Snowflake Mountain. Well, the Snowflake Mountain. The important thing here is that James Earl Jones is not deceased. Guys. Yes, very important. Not dead. Although Even I was reading was. that they might be using a software called Respeecher to change to to do that. What you're talking about for his voice? How they got Darth Vader's yeah. voice because he sounded like you know a, a very in his prime Darth Vader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am what you made me. Oh, that was scary. That's a great line. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, guys. Great line, scary voice right there. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show. We're about to kick the weekend off, guys. And what did our uh, winner take the last time? Blue October tickets. Blue October tickets. So how about I give away the four-pack of tickets to see Celebrity Softball? Aaron Jones, one of the biggest stars in the NFL, running back for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Coming up on Q Connected this Sunday, 5 to 7, we put the spotlight on New Rock, and we've got a new song from Highly Suspect. Also, Ozzy's got a new song. You can hear that on Sunday. You can also hear that Ozzy, and we're going to have a block of Ozzy, Loudwire Nights tonight, so get ready for that. And Chris Jericho, his band has a new song. The new Fozzie tune is going to be featured on Q Connected. The other big part of Q Connected is the local rock. 
Right. The Borderland bands featured this week, Feline Fox, Woo-hoo. Texas Voodoo Stomp, and Into the Spiral. Q Connected Sundays 5 to 7, brought to you by The Rock House at 9828 Montana. Follow them on Facebook. A couple of items here. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese is changing their name. What? They are changing the name to Kraft Mac and Cheese. Oh. The story here says that for the last 85 years, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese has had the same name. But that's not true because in the 90s, they had a whole campaign where they changed their name to Kraft Cheese and Macaroni because it's the cheesiest. Okay. They say that they're changing it to mac and cheese because they're trying to hype the product as comfort food. Well, I think everybody thinks of it either as comfort food or kid food. If you've got a really picky eater, there's a good chance one of the things they will eat is Kraft macaroni and cheese. cheese. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kraft also says mac and cheese is meant to reflect the way, quote, reflect the way fans organically talk about the brand. It's like when when McDonald's got on board with the Mickey D's. Like, people had been calling McDonald's Mickey D's, but it took them about a decade to finally latch on to it. <laughs> well, people have been calling macaroni and cheese mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese. <laughs> Kraft also says, uh, along with the new name, they're updating the logo and the color of the box. Okay. I guess if you're serving the same stuff for a hundred years, you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> you either gotta change the recipe or you change something else about it. So it sounds like they've decided to change the recipe. A bride had to get a new wedding dress because her okay, her grandmother was accidentally buried in her wedding dress. What? Okay. Hey, where's my wedding dress? Oh, my God. We accidentally buried Grandma in your wedding dress. <laughs> I mean, Grandma's dead. Yeah, but... Had you heard anything about this story? No. Well, I'm just confused. Like, why, what, Is it normal to dress people in a wedding dress when they die? <sighs> Here's you what happened. You can be buried in whatever you want. I guess so. Yeah. This was a story relayed by the owner of a bridal shop in Chicago who told the story on TikTok. She said that a groom... The groom called her in a panic and said that he needed to reorder the bride's dress and that time was short. Uh, She eventually figured out why they needed to reorder the dress. The bride's mother had been keeping the dress in her closet for safekeeping. But sadly, her mother, the bride's grandmother, passed away Mm -hmm. and her wish was that she'd be buried in her wedding dress. From when the grandmother was buried. That dress was also being kept in the same closet. Do you see where this is going now? Uh, okay. They put grandma in the wrong dress. Oh, my God. When the family went into the closet to get grandma's dress, they accidentally grabbed the granddaughter's dress instead. That dress cost It was a closed casket ceremony, so it took a few weeks for the family to figure out what happened. It all worked out, and no, they didn't dig up Grandma, if you're wondering about that. (laughs) It kind of (laughs) was. The bride picked out a new dress. They weren't able to find one that was exactly like the one that her grandma is resting in eternity in. Some 
commenters suggested the bride could have worn her grandmother's dress as a tribute. But... But she was like, no. This day is all about me, and you were going to spend an extra three grand (laughs) to give me a dress. Joanna, what was the story about the boys? You were telling me something really interesting about the series of the boys. Like, some of the fans have finally come to the realization (laughs) that Homelander isn't supposed to be the hero. He's actually the villain in this. How did it take them three seasons to realize this? A lot of right-wing fans have now decided that the boys is too political. And how dare they slander the name of Homelander? (laughs) We all know that he's supposed to be evil, right? Right. Well, a lot of far right fans are uh, yeah. After he a blew up in the, in the first season when he blew up a pla- plane. plane full of innocent people, maybe that would have tipped you off that he's not the good guy in this. Well, for some reason, a lot of far right fans didn't know that, and they're just realizing that in this season. Didn't, find didn't they weird. notice when he made out with the neo Nazi chick? I don't know. Maybe they thought it was like really cool, Are, idealistic so symbol for. I bet you're going to tell us now the neo-Nazi chick is a villain. <laughs> right? And what about the neo-Nazi chick? Is she a bad guy too? Well, according to a Twitter user, Ryan Broderick, a hot mess has been going on over at the subreddit of The Boys since the season three premiere. He said, the, sub, the Boys subreddit is chaos right now. Threads getting locked. Users rage deleting whole accounts. It's amazing. Right wing users are whining about no politics, but it's impossible to talk about the show without them now. Fans who thought Homelander was cool are in a meltdown. Once on the subreddit, someone commented, very political and very anti-male. Plenty of butts and wieners, though, so enjoy, I guess. <laughs> it is it anti-male? Well, it's anti-some of the... I mean, some of the characters are male. but It's anti-toxic it, behavior and and taking advantage of I don't know. There's things. a lot of toxic behavior that the good guys do, so Billy Butcher is not that's, quite the epitome. That's part of, of the satire as well, is that these people's evil forces even the good guys to start acting bad. Th- this Today's episode, which is up on Amazon already, is the first in the long-awaited hero-gasm storyline from the comic books. Joanne, I definitely know what that you know what we're talking about, even though you're still in season two, right? I'm still in season two, but, but you I know may what the just, hero gas yeah, is. Yeah, but I may just watch this. It's a big hero superhero orgy. One of our listeners said hero gasm was more like snorgasm. Oh, snap. So the only re- reaction that I've seen so far is from one of our listeners who said that it was kind of boring. And they've been edging us out this whole time? For edging. That? Really? Edging. Edging us out. Is that what you're going to say? Yep. Well, time has finally come. <laughs> yeah, Homelander, the suit. Most of the characters are analogs for famous characters, mostly from DC. Homelander's supposed to be Superman. Superman. A Train's supposed to be Flash or Quicksilver. Uh, Queen Maeve is obviously Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah, clearly Wonder Woman. Buzz, did you ever write that article of who the. DJs of the KLEQ station would be if they were in The Boys? No, I wasn't going to write it. I was suggesting you write it. I feel like I'm too close to it because clearly I'm Homelander. (laughs) Yeah, clearly you are. (laughs) Yeah. Then, yeah, I'm going to write it. Who we would all be. You're the evil leader. He is. Joanna would be 
Starlight, I guess. No, I mean, we, you're not Queen Maeve. We established I'm Queen Maeve. I don't think Works so. closely with Homelander. Yeah. True. Has to cover up a lot of his crap. Kevin is Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, what did no, we no. say Nico Kevin, was? Kevin would be Elizabeth Shue. And Brad, and Brad would be, would be yeah. with Mr. Edgar. <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito. I get to be Huey. Nico does seem like be, a Huey. Yeah, right. But does that mean you're trying to take me out? A little. That <laughs> no, and then tell Nico who you established would be Billy Butcher. I almost called him Butcher sitting again. <laughs> the Hocus Pocus <laughs> kid? Billy Butcher. Billy Butcher. Hey, Glenn, I maybe? Re- I don't even no. remember who I said. No, so Billy Butcher is trying to take down Homelander, right? Who's trying to take you down? Oh, Mike. Mike. (laughs) Mike from Kiss. Yeah, yeah. Mike Martinez has got to be Billy Butcher. Hell yeah. I I can see Emily being... We we established you as Starlight. Starlight, yeah. For for people who aren't fans of this show, they're going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? So I'm going to write that article then. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to write. You it. don't want. You just don't want to write it. Yeah. But you just wanted to establish you are Homelander. Yeah. The boys has always been very political. Like its point is to show that when human beings are given inhuman powers, godlike powers, that we won't have godlike morals. We won't have a godlike ethics. Yeah. Nobody's going to be as good as Clark Kent is. Right. People well, are going to be human. We'll have human morals and human ethics. In and a word, terrible people. Yeah, right. They're going to be. Incredibly people, and the mm-hmm. idea that They'll power be- corrupts and absolute power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've been noticing a lot of the parallels, but what I can't believe is that it took three seasons. That it for took uh, it took three seasons for fans to realize, hey, this is political satire, and it's making fun of the people I like. So I guess I haven't gone to this part. Blue Hawk is someone in the show now? Yeah, that gets into the whole police violence. So he's a superhero that only patrols in black neighborhoods and beats up African Americans, but then he has a meeting like A Train is introduce you know brings him to a community meeting and he's telling him, I only enforce crime in your neighborhood because that's where all the crime happens. <laughs> so one of the big uh from the subreddit, one of the posts that's making the rounds a lot, and it's been deleted by the original poster, they admitted like, well, I liked Blue Hawk until the end of his speech and then the original poster took the post down and another revealed that a moderator was telling one user to stop reporting a post for reasons that include misinformation, spam, politics, and targeted harassment. What, what, What did they mean? So apparently he gives a speech, speech. so he's supposed to be like, I apologize, and he doesn't want to do it. He's only doing it because I'm sorry, I'm going to work to be better, but really, you guys have yourselves to blame. I mean, the only reason I patrol this neighborhood is because this is where all the crime crime happens. Right, Chicago? Right, New York? Oh, my goodness. Well, that's what they're implying. That's that's one of the things that a lot of people will say is like, gun violence? Well, why don't you look at inner cities? To celebrate all of this stuff, all the meltdown that the far-right fans are having, the boys' own Twitter page retweeted the collection of the Reddit screenshots and told everyone, enjoy. Oh, I got to see that. Whoever runs the boys' Twitter page is amazing. I think you do need to specify far-right, like alt-right. Okay, far-right fans of the show. Well, no longer fans, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of 
It's kind of hard to tell the difference anymore. <laughs> the lines it's, are blurred it, a little. It, it, the, there are blurred lines. And I, I don't need Robin Thicke to tell yeah, me the <laughs> lines have been blurred. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We've got one more segment coming up, and more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is on the way right after this. It looks like everyone has agreed on one important... KLAQ is going to be very active this weekend. A lot of places you can stop and see people from the morning show, like Nico, who's going to be at Cool Joe Haircuts. That's right. Tomorrow, starting at noon, it's the grand reopening of Cool Joe Haircuts Mesa location at 7228 North Mesa. $8 haircuts. $8 haircuts. $8 haircuts. Stop by. You can also win tickets to the Latin Kings of Comedy show at the Plaza Theater, which is tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 5 to 7, tomorrow afternoon, Joanna Barba from the Buzz Adams Morning Show is going to be at Desert Oak Barbecue. It's their grand opening event of their Cowtown Boots location at 11451 Gateway West. Desert Oak Barbecue is some of the best barbecue in the world. It's on Texas Monthly's Top 50 Barbecue Joints list. It was featured on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. They're going to have an outdoor tent, live music featuring El Paso and Elia Sparza, lots of vendors, and Joanna will be there. So head out to uh, Desert Oak Barbecue tomorrow for their grand opening by Cowtown Boots at 11451 Gateway West Boulevard. The Elvis movie's out today. Uh, something my daughter and my girlfriend and my nephew all want to see the Elvis movie. So we could probably be taking a family outing. You know, I've talked uh, a little bit before about Elvis was a complicated cat, man. Uh, He hated drugs. He was very anti-drugs. Stoners. But he he meant like marijuana and LSD. He was he was hooked on drugs. drugs. And by by drugs what we're talking about at that time a big a big type of drug were uh, methamphetamines. I mean what you would call meth today was in a pill form essentially as as very strong uh, Adderall I guess right. you'd call it. Elvis would travel with three full suitcases of prescribed medication. Oh my god. And uh, in the last year of his life, his doctor, Dr. Nicopolis, otherwise known as Dr. Nick, uh, prescribed over 12,000 pills to Elvis. You know, it's easy to say pills, and it seems so innocuous. Like, pills don't seem harmful. It's easy for you to say, oh, he was a a barbage. Well, that's what I mean, is if you watched Wolf of Wall Street, and they're doing quaaludes, I mean, those are are the type of things that he would have been doing. Yeah, but in Elvis's mind, it's not what the hippies are smoking. No, these are prescribed. I got them from my doctor, yeah. And <laughs> like Elvis it, even addressed it during Elvis a, and his 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 uh, So here's Elvis in the middle of a I think it's the middle of a concert where he starts and he addresses rumors that he's got a drug problem. Elvis actually in his lifetime addressed these rumors. Well, I hear rumors flying around. I got sick in the hospital. Well, I was you know in this day and time you can't even get sick. You are strung out. Oh, by God, I'll tell you something, friend. I have never been strung out in my life, except on music. (laughs) When I got sick here in the hotel, 
I got sick here that one night, had 102 temperature. They wouldn't let me perform. As he's telling the story, you're almost positively so sure that he was strung out. Yeah. <laughs> strung out like, right as there. he's oh. denying it, it's like, oh, he was totally strung out. Yeah. From three different sources, I heard I was strung out on heroin. I swear to God. Now, what? He probably wasn't shooting up heroin, but there was probably some opiate pills. Some opiate pills. Yeah. So he's probably in his mind, I never shot anything up. That doesn't make me bad. Yeah, I'm not a bad drug user. Right. Hotel employees, Jack. Bellboys, freaks that carry your luggage up to the room, people working around, you know, talking, maids. And I was sick. I was, you know, I was getting had a doctor. I guess in the tabloids at the time, they had reported, uh, yeah, the, you know, he couldn't perform because he got too... Bellboys and uh, hotel maids had seen all the pills, and um, they told him that's where the story sprang from. So that's what he's talking about there. I the flu, and I can get over one day, was I? But all across this town, was strung out. So I told him earlier, and don't you get offended, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to somebody else. If I find or hear the individual that has said that about me, I'm going to break your goddamn neck, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard somebody who was so anti-drugs who themselves were addicted to drugs? No, not no. more than that, yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. I wonder if the movie goes right on to the bitter end with Elvis. You mean the toilet? The toilet? Yeah. That's uh, that's where it ended up. That that's was a bitter end, of, end. The end of the road, but mm. very appropriate that a king would die on the throne. That's what I always <laughs> say. Mm-hmm.